Swillians, if you love and respect your surfboards, and I'm talking pure love, then you must protect them. And nobody protects surfboards better than the official hardware and accessories partner of all Swillians, Ocean and Earth. Doesn't matter what you kick, shorties, fishes, logs, sups, O&E have over 30 different types of board covers to keep your precious protected. Day sleeves, travel covers, singles, doubles, coffins, wheels. These board bags are light, functional and built to last. Good enough for Owen Wright. Good enough for Ryan Callanan. Good enough for Tyler Wright. You know it's primo gear. And it's one of those presents you just never see coming. Imagine getting an O&E board bag in your Chrissy windsock. Mad. Go to oceanandearth.com to scope the whole range today. Ain't That Swell presents Crawlords. Today's guest is Wayne Cleveland, an underground icon from Sydney's south side, Maroubra to be exact. Wayne grew up in Housing Commission in Daisyville, just west of the iconic inner city surf beach, and uh, was on the vanguard of the heavy water slab surfing that really put Maroubra on the map globally. He was front and centre for the Bra Boys' first sessions at Cape Salander, aka ours, and racked up countless magazine spreads and covers, uh, not just in Australia, but around the world. He was also known as a hard, hard man who you didn't cross, uh, and then all of a sudden he was gone, locked up for 10 years for cocaine trafficking, which we'll get into shortly. This is for sure one of my favorite podcasts in the, the 10 years we've been doing this. It ticks all the boxes in terms of a core surfing existence. This guy has lived. So strap in, Swellians, for some of the most rip-roaring yarns that have ever graced our degenerate little corner of the internet. What about a, what about a small world that your mum lives at Maribor Junction? Oh, no, yeah. It's classy. <coughs> yeah, like, yeah, well, I mean, I went to Waverley and me and my mum, we just grew up renting around the east, yeah. the whole city, really. Like, And um, it's funny, yeah, you, you grew up in Daisyville, right? And the, the yeah, commission that's right. There, yeah. I was in the houses. Yeah, and so that was the one place because I guess there was a few available around Daisyville. Um, must have been a fairly high turnover rate. So that was the one place we were looking at uh, moving. But um, yeah, we just ended up stick, sticking it out and, and, and renting. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, we we got the house. I was just, man, I was there for what for, in Five Banks Avenue. Man, I was there a long time. I drove past there the other day and had a look in there. You know, <laughs> man, it just hasn't changed. That's like a little Lego land. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We, we used to we used to g up. I said, mate, if you come home pissed, mate, you wouldn't even because all the houses are exactly the same, so you wouldn't even know. Like you could just stumble into someone's joint and wouldn't even realize. <laughs> oh, classy! That's mate. classy, classy, man. Well, I'm interested to to pick your brain about what that was like growing up there, because the reason we never ultimately moved into the houses was just because. Well, I was just chatting to my mum about this the other day. Like, she was worried, you know, about the influence of 
older people in the housing commission area um and because i guess that's that's the risk you take right like living in public housing if you're near the beach say maruba or merriweather or fucking wollongong wherever you've kind of won the lottery in a sense but it you you're subject to the the older crew aren't you and what they're doing if they're fucking if they're doing over houses and, and doing over whatever else you're probably gonna end up doing that too right well, you know, you can get caught in that little vacuum, you know what I mean? But at the same time, is we're very, very lucky that we had surfing and we loved it so much that everything was just generated around the beach and, and surfing. But man, I've seen a lot of people go by the wayside. But at the same time, is not every family is lucky. Like some people, you know, for us, like we, we didn't have nothing, like absolutely nothing, you know what I mean? So the, like the house was pretty much it. Like, you know what I mean, for the cheap rent and getting getting looked after, man, because otherwise we, we couldn't make ends meet. You know, and, and so some people ain't as lucky as that. And then and most of them do, mate. They do go by the wayside, man. There's a lot of crackheads and junkies and unfortunately, you know what I mean? And that that's that that's that whole thing of houses, you know, it has that stigma, but the stigma is warranted too. Mm. You, you know, it, it was just a you know, sometimes you can pull yourself out of there, and, and sometimes people get caught in the in the vat, and they just get sucked up and swallowed up, and just another number in the system now. Mm. Yeah, it is lucky you had surfing because yeah, <laughs> you look at guys who say don't grow up at Daceyville, say they grow up at Lake Macquarie or Mount Druid or you know one of these yeah. other big houseo kind of hotbeds. There's not really anything to put you on the straight and narrow. There's not a lot of purpose. Like there's football, I guess. And like those places are major producers of professional football players. But if you don't end up making the grade or even if you do, like, fuck, mate, like it's uh, pretty easy to get caught up in in nefarious criminal activities. Mate, mate, well, well, it's all around you, isn't it? So monkey, monkey see, monkey do. Straight up, that's that, that's how it kind of is. And you know, and you're a young kid, and your parents are struggling to make ends meet. You're on the street. You come home in the afternoon. You got to fend for yourself. Like, mate, you're out in the street. You're with the boys or whatever it may be. Man, and then then what? If those older guys they, they're doing this, that's going. Oh, that's cool to do this. And man, that's no worries. Don't worry about it. But then, like, so so so, so what? So what do you know? That's 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 all you know. So like, so it, it's no different to you what that, that is. You know what I mean? Like. Just so like, and then you moved out of there, and you went to a uh, to like a normal neighbourhood and stuff like that. Mate, it, that would be out of the uh, that would be abnormal for you because you grew up in so long in this environment that you'd be kind of walking out town, like you know, everyone's going, oh hello, and you know, when you walk out of the house, they batten down the hatches. Mate, that's got to be locked windows. You, 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 mate, it's you know, it's unfortunate, but that's just that's 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 life. Some. Some were lucky, mate, and some ain't so lucky. Mm. And, and looking back on it all, like, how do you reckon growing up there shaped you? Um, well, obviously, like, it, it, so the houses, but then you got Maroubra too. It was just, it's such a core environment, you know what I mean? So you you always had your wits about you, you know what I mean? Like, you didn't, rarely that you dropped the ball on, on, on anything, mate. You grew up very streetwise. Like, like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people are very intelligent. Sit him in the classroom, mate. Hundred out of hundred, no worries. Throw him across the road, spin him in a circle, go make your way home. Can't do it, you know. So, so, so that 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 made me like a full, full survivor. 
Like I, I just I, I survived. Look, my household was it was good, mate. You know what I mean? I always had food in the cupboard. You know, the water was always on, electricity, things like that. You know, obviously I, I didn't have all the, the bees knees gear, but so, so be it. But I but we but we survived. And it just I think it just made me more hungry at that stage to do what I was doing, which was illegal, you know what I mean? But it made me hungry. I was like, wow, like mate, I I see here. My mum and her partner like arguing like over like bread and milk, mate. Like you know, you open the wallet and there's like three dollars fucking twenty in there or something. You know, just enough to get the bread and milk. Like you just kind of going. So there, were, mate, there was no going out for dinners. Mate, there was no dinners. There's none of that shit. You know what I mean? So um, but I, like, man, I just think it just it's it's, it's how, how I grew up. That was that was my environment. Like, so I, I, I didn't really have much, so I fought for everything that I had. Mm. You know, don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, I, I worked my ass off when I was a kid. I did. I, I Like, I, I did, like, a, um, uh, a pastry cook. So in the morning, I'd get up, I'd make the pies at White Cat, Cat Cake Shop, and then I went down to Maribu Bay. I made the the, um, the pastries, the pies and everything. And that first thing in the morning, had the shower, went to school, come on, I mean, after school, go for a surf, then I work at uh, Jeff Doig's surf shop, uh, Island of Classics uh, surfboards, work there, help out there, stock shelves, whatever it was, surf people and stuff like that. After that, I'd go home, jump on the bus, I'd go home and do the paper run. You know, so my work ethic was there from a very young age, but obviously I uh, got tired of that. And <laughs> we, we yeah, well, it's interesting, man. Like, I mean, and... You know, I had similar experiences. I just grew up digging holes, my uncle all around South Sydney and the eastern suburbs in the city. And, and you know, when you're with a, a single mom or, you know, who's paying rent or whether you're in the housing commission, shit looks pretty fucking bleak for you when you're a grommet swinging shovels around or getting up at 4 a.m. to make pies. Like, you're going, well, yeah. so how do I get the amount of money to actually get a fucking house in this city? And, like, you know, you start looking at things and you're like, wow, like... I'm up against it here. This is this is bullshit. Who fucking invented this system? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you, you're absolutely right there because, but in the beginning when you're young, you don't really know any better. Obviously, you see kids are a little bit more privileged and stuff like that. I've never been a jealous type ever, like ever. Like, in, mate, that, if that guy wins a, 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 a billion dollars, mate, I, mate, congratulations, clap on the on on the back. You know what I mean? So you don't really know, but when you start getting that little bit older, you see the more privileged kids and, you know, you realise, like, oh, look at this fucker, look at the car he's driving, look at this, the silver spoon in their mouth and that, you kind of go, oh, fuck, how can, how can I get there? Like, you, you know what I mean? And then, and then opportunities arise, and I've always been an opportunist, always. You know what I mean? Those days, <laughs> those days are gone, though, I'll give you the tip. But at the same time, is I've always been an opportunist, mate. Things... Things come to me, they, they got handed to me, and then, then, you know, once you get one thing over the line, and then you realize, well, hold on, man. Like, you know, I'm, I'm grabbing a keg for like, you know, like 16,000 US dollars, and I'm coming back in, in the beginning of the beginning stages, and they're going for 120. I'd come in, I'd do it and get rid of a 120, mate, you know, like, so it was 16 US, which was 20,000. So I'm making 100 grand. Mm. Never seen 100 grand in my life. You know, and I'm only young too. I'm only young, still living in the houses, still in the houses. You know what I mean? And then I'm just going, mate, what about this? And I just had the balls to just fucking keep 
keep doing what I was doing, you know what I mean? And, and obviously, you know, inflation, everything kind of goes up at the end, mate. You know, you, you're grabbing a brick for 20 and they're, they're 200 here. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? So you, it's, it's, it's big, mate. That's why there'll never be an end to that type of shit. Mm. But they'll never, you know, like the, the, the war on drugs, mate. It's just, mate, it's, it's unbeatable, mate. It's fully, it's a J up. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting, man. Like, you know, we're talking about a brick of cocaine, obviously. And I, I look at, you know, a lot of people who, you know, who grew up the same as me, uh, you know, in that kind of housing commission or single parent household with, with no assets coming down the chute to them who were in that position, you know, they're doing scaffolding, they're doing a, a trade or whatever at 16. And a lot of these guys got jack of that because they weren't making any headway. And so they ended up, yeah dealing drugs, uh, trafficking, and because it really, like, and I guess my point is that a system that's built the way it is with people on the, the ground floor in these situations where they're be- basically a slave for their fu- for, for the next 50 years at best, um, like, just a lot of people up. go, what's that? Just, just the commoner. Now, those yeah. commoners are not, are not supposed to get ahead. That's exactly right. Exactly. Well, these days you can, but back in our day, mate, that was it. Like I was carpet laying too. I mean, you would get your little set wage, mate. Like, how on earth are you going to afford to have a place? Mate, people weren't buying. You, you, you can't. Mate, that's why it was like a government. That's how I, in, in my head, it's, how, it was a, it's like a control thing, mate. Those guys are peasants. They, they have to stay peasants to keep this country running. And not only that, Wayno, like they like their peasants bringing in cocaine because who do you think's doing it? The fucking judges, the mate. barristers, mate, the feds, coppers get on the fucking coke, mate. mate. I, I know, I've played football with them, mate. Like, I, you yeah. know, like I've, I've seen cunts fucking doing cocaine. Look, you know, like, you know, mate, it's, it's, oh. you know who the biggest fucking hypocrite is? You know that Ray Hadley piece of shit? He gets on his fucking radio <laughs> yeah. bag and everyone. Mate, the guy gets pinched for fucking bashing his wife, right? Okay, this is, like, he went, this is fair, Nathan, right? Then years later, his son gets caught buying fucking cocaine and doing it. Then it's like, oh, mate, he's got issues. Don't worry about everyone else who has issues. And that, right, he's the biggest piece of shit. He runs down everybody, right? And yet here he is bashing his wife. Mate, she's divorced him, right? He goes to court. It's all fucking kind of hush hush. His son gets pinched. Who's a copper? His son's a copper. No right? way. Yeah, mate, that right, his son was, he's a copper buying fucking coke, snorting coke and carrying on like he's all, you know, yeah, mate. And then, then when people ring me up, go, what about, oh, mate, he wouldn't take people's cards. Yeah, you fucking hypocrite piece of shit. You know, that's just, they're, they're all like it. All those top end, and they want to sit there and judge and look down on people. You know what I mean? But the, I guarantee you, Ray Hadley's son had the silver spoon in, he, in his mouth and up his ass. 100%. You know what I mean? Like to fucking yeah. help him. You know, and then he's a cop getting caught. I'm like, fucking, what a piece of shit. Mate, th- th- that's what we are, Wayno. We're peasants or we're mules. Pick one. Yep. Mate, but see, but see, people like me, like back in the day, like you said, you're getting pinched, you know, so you've got judges getting paid, you've got solicitors, barristers, you've got the other side, the DPP. Mate, so what it is, is it's a fucking network of, of, of money, revenue, right, right, like right there, you know what I mean, for people. So that's what they need. Yeah. Like, they don't need people. I mean, don't get me wrong, but what I'm saying is, like, people like us keep the fucking world flowing and all these pushes of shit around it, you know, like all these judges. That, mate, they're all like pedophile. Mate, they're, they're just like, so I've always said, mate, there's a secret There's a secret society with these hobnobs. They're there to protect each other, mate. They oversee each other. Look, mate, mate he's all right. You know what I mean? Like, you've got a guy that, you know, rapes 10 kids and kitty fiddles and just a full manipulator. Like, just going, like, like it's just a proper manipulator. 
Don't get me wrong, we're not did was wrong, but I never twisted anyone's arm to fucking buy a gram of cocaine or whatever it may be or take that cooler. Never. They're like, oh, mate, you need to take this, mate. This is... I never did nothing like that, mate. That was over their own free will. Fair enough, I was bringing something illegal. I'm not going to justify that. But what I, don't, I can't get my head around is these days when you're in jail, there's jails full of these like, these like, high up people and they have they have these little jails for them you know what i mean so no one can get to them that mate they're just kitty fiddlers getting three and four years mate that's it just three or four mate yeah, that's all right i just tampered with fucking 10 kids and fucked their whole lives up their families lives up their brothers and sisters lives up i've just fucked everyone's life up that's all right three or four years you sit back in a little nice little jail get all the perks Get the best jobs and they get they get out longer, longer visits. Oh yeah, mate. It's fucking sickening. It's sickening. It is sickening. I've always said it like the richest people on earth, and this is what Jeffrey Epstein proved, you know, like the richest people on earth, like and I've had mates that, you know, work their way up to be uh you know, working on super yachts, you know, started out as a boat mechanic and then yeah. get the skills and that. And so they see these people, these super these super yacht set in the fucking Mediterranean and all they do is uh do cocaine and, and fuck expensive prostitutes and then when they <laughs> it's true man like saudi yeah. fucking princes like the yeah. works like fucking yeah. tabloid owners like um and so when they get bored of that i guess when they when the the coke and the the, the expensive um escorts are, are no longer you know like uh entertaining them then they start fucking children and that's what jeffrey epstein did right like yep. that's what that's what that whole thing is about i mean you know epstein a dude who uh oh, of course of course dude, mate, everyone knows, knows that yeah. kind of, um Billions. so yeah it, it's it's a you know they're just uh full-blown reptiles like they're just powered by lust they have no values they're nihilistic they they treat um working class and blue collar people like 100 but in, but in saying that you must have a sick warped mind for you to even think about kids, like like for me, if I see kids, man, I'm there just nurturing and cuddling them and, and help them, whatever. So for you to have that sick, demented mindset to even fucking lower yourself to like, then it's got to be something already in them. Mm. You, you know what I mean? Like I like I, I I don't know because I'm not that way, you know, and I'll, and I'll never be that way. But like I said, these high end people, like this, it's their their surroundings too. Mm. Yeah, like I said, with the people they're with, and that, there might there's got to be something in them already. They, like who 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 thinks like that? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I mean, it's a it's an innocent a... little child. It's like it completely. Mate, when I see a child, it's just the innocent. The last thing you're thinking of is grooming them and, and like feeding them and like nurturing them. This this is what I mean. This is how sickening this whole thing is. Is and then and then they get, get go and get sentenced. They get, man, they're lucky to get fucking three or four years, you know. Like it's, 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 it's that's why I said always that there's, there's a secret society there, mate. They're just putrid, putrid. Mm. Mm. Yeah, there's heaps of them. There's heaps of those secret societies. You know, there's ones that run wars. There's runs that one run, um, you know, trap like human trafficking, and um, yeah, like freak, man, it it it, it exists. It exists. Oh my, hundred percent. Don't, right. mate, if you really that, that exists, you got the blinkers on, mate. You got the oh. blinkers on. I don't think I don't think anyone really believes that they don't exist anymore because they've been proven. Like we've seen, like you know, there's seen what happened with that whole Epstein thing was so crazy, and um, you know, obviously the, the military industrial complex and the prison industrial complex and the war against drugs and the fucking pharmaceutical drug complex. Like it's 
If they're all sacred societies, okay. man. Sorry, Dale, I can hear you. <laughs> the kids, they love their games. I could hear them just yelling. Like, I, 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 it, was, it was blurry. <laughs> yeah, get in your head. It's all good. It's not coming through my audio. So. <laughs> oh, okay. But, um, yeah, man, I guess, you know, let's get back into the some lighter notes, I guess, just with surfing and that. Like, So talk us through the early days at Maruba. You, you mentioned Jeff Doigles with his son just – couple nights ago reef and um you know he's a maroobra icon my, my uncle knew him um and you know i was actually just it's funny he was the first guy he brought up because i was just looking at a shot of him in the uh, surfing world uh the other day so i mean is it the I, one that he's standing in at cronulla point real tall yeah 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 yeah. yeah. it's a fucking slab man for back yeah. in the day too like that that he's, photo he's skits only a, he's only a little fella doig he's only he's only he's only a short fella you know what i mean and like he was my first sponsor right you know what I mean? And obviously he had his issues too, you know what I mean? And stuff like that, you know, but um, uh, he had the he surf shop, had all of the classic surfboards and um, yeah, so, so th- those guys all, they they all looked after me. Like I said, mate, I was just one of those kids from the houses, you know what I mean? So, um, but uh, yeah, Doig was a legend around here, mate. Absolutely. I mean, I, I like, I'm, I mean, I know Reef and Asia, um, like only when they're real young. Like I haven't seen seen because I know they're living in Bali for a long time. And Asia's doing. So I think she's in the army or the navy, something like that now. And I heard the young boy. I heard he's living up in the Gold Coast. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And well, I think I met his sister too. Yeah, at, at the pub. Um, she was there with him. So yeah, that's classy. I didn't know she was in the army. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's yeah. So she's in there because they their mum's living in the central coast, I believe. Yeah. So okay. um, and Jeff Jeff lives in Bali now. Like Jeff lived in Bali for years, and he owns like his part owners in the Motu. Oh, that's right. With with yeah. the Motu, Scotty. Yeah, another uh, acquaintance yeah. and my uncle. Yeah, they were all uh, you know, yes, knocking around back in the day. So yeah, interesting, mate. And so Doigi, so the generation above used like Doigi, Larry Blair, uh, Sonny, or is Sonny your age? Nah, Sonny is a year under me. Yeah, under you. Okay, yeah. so yeah, it's like it's 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 Doigi and Larry Blair. They're the kind of the uh, okay. Guys. You had Kevin Davidson, Steve Wilson, like these right. guys. Like you know, like like perfect example. Kevin Davidson, real kid. I promise you now, in, in my entire life, I've never seen a guy go surfing and never get his hair wet, ever. Like the guy, it mate, doesn't matter if it's four or five foot half pipe closing out, the guy still paddles out and doesn't get his hair wet. We'll just go. On. And so his nickname was Wolfie Ted. Wolfie Ted, yeah, yeah, Wolfie Ted. And like, you know, and in, in um, Steve Wilson, who shaped in, like these guys were just next level. Like Mark Scott, Goober, like, you know, like Australian champion. Like we had so many of those people around us. Like, and, and, like you know, they're always big wave charges and stuff. Right, right, and um, and Seto was uh kind of your vintage, right? Yep, yep. Seto was with us. Yep, Tony Shredden. Right, so yeah, talk us through like um, I guess the early days, like how you were introduced to surfing, and and, and just how you started to kind of make your way uh in that world. Because I understand you know you would have competed a bunch. Of, you 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 guys were doing the QS back in the day. You you and Seto at some point, right? No, 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 no. I, I ne- I've never done the QS. Oh, I okay. never done, No, so I never did it. I, I kind of just was like, going, my mum would take me down the beach, and then I kind of just like slowly, uh, like I met the boys at Marsland. In year five, I was in year six, and they were in year five at Marsland, and and then I was always going down the beach and swimming and stuff like that. And then uh, they said, "Oh yeah, use like my foamy." And so 
you know, so, so we kind of like all kind of started to get together. Like, you know, no, no, I started hanging with them. They were already surfing at this stage. So to be honest, I was a little bit later than most of the boys. Like the most of the boys already had their boards and wetsuits and stuff and already been surfing for a couple of years because they, they were pretty much on the beach as I wasn't. I was a little bit away from the beach. So I had to get driven at, at a young age to the beach and stuff. And I was always swimming and, and carrying on. And then like at school, we kind of just become friends and then talking. And then one thing led to another. And I'm down the beach, I'm borrowing like the, the cool lights the, 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 with the red thing. You had the blue, the blue cover and the red thing on it. Oh, yeah. And I had, the, man, I had one, Jed, Jed, I had one of those, mate, I swear to God, for like two years. Like two, because I just, oh, my parents bought me a wetsuit first so I could go surfing, you know. So, um, and just didn't have the money. And my auntie brought me my first surfboard. So I'd always use people's surfboard, like Jeff Senior, the president of our board rides back in the day, North River board rides. Like he would lend me his he surfboard, like all, all the time, every contest, you know. So, because I only had a phone, you know, that wasn't if he was there or whatever, like I, I some, or he wasn't there, I would use the, use my cool light, you know. And then my auntie brought me. Uh, a Nirvana surfboard, and then like, like things just evolved from there. So I just, I just, like, and I just wow, straight onto a Bill Cillian Nirvana, Probably. yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> magic swallowtail. It's one of the I, I, I still remember the board, you know, I bet it was magic. It was that. Um, I bought off a bloke called Dave Hagen who lives over on the north side now, you know, okay. And it was funny because I went. Not this Christmas, but the Christmas prior, I jumped on with Chili, um, and we he had like a little thing for all his workers and stuff. And so we jumped on the boat. Mate, guess who was on there? Dave Hagen. He goes, "Why don't you remember me?" I went, "I'm not I'm going." Yeah, mate. He goes, "Mate, he goes, you bought the first." He goes, "Dave." I went, "Dave Hagen." He went, "Yes." He goes, "You bought your first surfboard off me." I said, "I remember it, the Nirvana Swallowtail." He went, "Yes." I said, "Yeah, mate." So it was just a small thing, you know. Like it was it, so many years later, like. It, it, there we are again on the boat cruising around the harbour. Classic. I love that. That's so cosmic. Um, <laughs> man, and talk to us about, obviously, you know, like you became well-known in the area for taking on slabs and, and, and bigger waves. You know, I had, the, I had the tracks where you got the cover at the bombie and uh, it's iconic, like um, that swell. But talk to us before that, you know, before you started racking up spreads, like – um, you know, what was the the kind of pathway into those kinds of waves? Like, when did you first start taking on those kinds of waves, and, and who was kind of mentoring you through that process? Um, well, really, it, it was just our area it was a very push area. Like, maybe just say, for example, if you're going, I'm going. That's the mentality we, we kind of have, and we had all the older boys. You know what I mean? So the move has always been a, a no nonsense area. You know, what I mean, always. So the boys are always, come on, mate, we've got it, you know. And we we always had a little bit of ticker about us too because it's just who we grew up around too, you know what I mean? So there was a lot, no, no fuck around us, you know. So we, we, so we would just get pushed. And if one of the boys is going, like I'm going. If I'm going, they're going. So it just become a real push, push, push thing, you know. And then all of a sudden, it, and it kind of was a, it kind of just come natural, you know. I, it's one of those things you, I believe – you either have it, have it, or you don't. Like you, I don't think a guy that's been surfing three, four foot, and that's kind of his limit, is just going to pile out into a 10, 12 foot slab. But they just, you know, no, mate, mate, no, no disrespect. Like everyone has their fun, and it's like they're having just as much fun as I am. But 
for some reason, I just gradually, you know, we would surf and we'd push each other and then these paces and all the boys would always take us everywhere. Going uh, uh, like down the coast, we're going up the coast, like, and we all, and they're, they're surfing, so we're going surfing. So it was always a good push, you know. And then like, I just kind of just evolved from that and just kept on going. And then when I turned 18, two days after my 18th birthday, like I, I've been to Bali like half a dozen times by this stage. Yeah. I think first time I went to Bali, I was 16. So and then, um, yeah, so I went there 16. Then when I was 17, I went there twice when I was 17. I went twice when I was 18. And then I came back and then I just went, man, I want to go to the States. I met all these people. So two days two days after my 18th birthday, bam, I went to the States. And then I met all these guys that I was in g with in Ventura. I go, the bomb just going, no way. Oh, yeah, wait, remember us? I was like, fuck. I was just, I've been doing G-Land for like three years with these guys. You know, and I just left, met one of their friends. He goes, come over, come over. So from there, it just went, you know, and then I'm surfing all through like uh, um, LA and stuff. Because Ventura is a pretty good area. And it's it's very similar to Maruba. It's proper core area. Like yeah. Pierpont, you know. Like, Mate, that's proper. interesting. Because we just had Aiden Osborne on the show the other day. And I was pressing him for info about it. Like, I was like, I don't know a heap about the joint. You hear that it is that more kind of blue collar version of Southern California. So, yeah, it's interesting. Oh, you mate, when, when, I, when I was there in Pierpont, mate, you weren't going, mate, no one was there, mate. I, I was sweet because I was a foreigner and I knew all the boys, mate. And they, no one's coming surfing there. It doesn't matter where, where you, if you're from Oxnard, like 20 minutes down the road, whatever, mate, or, or Silver Strand, mate, you know, and vice versa. Like, you know, but for me, I was all right because I knew so everybody and I was the Aussie, mate, you know, so I, I, I could surf Oxnard, I could surf, surf but Silver, Silver Strand, mate, I remember Carter Slade and that, mate, those, those boys were hectic there, mate, they were proper enforcers, but in saying that, Carter was from down uh, in Pierpont too, like Pierpont, mate, mate, you're not rolling up, like a perfect example, mate, I've, and I, I live with the Malloys too, you know, like they, they turned up, mate, they got their car, their tyres slashed, Mate, like, man, they told me to get the fuck out, you know what I mean? Like, proper, like, you know, because they were from Ohio originally and they came down. And the, the and Mike Malloy, man, lovely family, they um bought a place in uh, at, at Pierpoint and they and they rocked up and made and uh, they 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 kind of just went got told, but then after a while, they're such good, polite kids that they were like that they, they, they were okay, but it was mate, white surfboards, uh, black wetsuits, that's it. <laughs> Fuck, oh, that's interesting, man. And and G Land as well in the the like I'm I guess we're talking like mid nineties here. Is that the kind of time frame? Yep, yeah. yeah. Oh, yep. What was that like? Must have been fucking oh, oh, cooking, not too much crew around either. Nah, mate. Well, you, these days, mate, everyone's on the computer. Man, they know the scrolls coming, what wind directions, what what angle of the scroll is, mate. That's why you got a hundred people turn up to every spot now. Because mm, of that, mm. because of that fact. But back in the day, mate, you had to wing it. When you're going to Indo, mate. You, you just knew the swells were coming between that, you know what I mean, those periods of months. So, mate, you just have to wing it and go there. Now, guys fly in, they surf for three, four days, then go back home and go to work. Like, that, that's how they do it. But back then, there was none of that, mate. And it was the same crew every single year, in, 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 in staying in the same places, mate. You see the same edge. And after a while, you know, everyone gets to know each other and stuff, you know. And like back then, mate, what about trying to get the Julian back in the day? Go to Bobby's and get picked up, mate, at midnight. Drive all night, and mate, you know, like, and and um, and then when you get into Java, like, I didn't know about like the Muslim, and I didn't know nothing about. Like, mate, you go, I'm going through towns, and you just hear the music going at like three in the morning. I didn't realize they're up praying, and 
just going, what the fuck is all this? Mate, like, as, you know, I don't remember, I'm only 16, 17. Yeah, a grom from the Daisyville houses, you would have been mate, spinning. Mate, I, I was just like, you know, and then we turn up and you're getting on the on the boat and we get over to Java and you're driving and then you get to the to the river mouth and everyone's having like a like a coffee and stuff there. And I, I didn't drink at the time. And I'm looking around and, mate, all the fish run out and the boat comes in, you load up and then you've got to make your way through the through the river mouth and through the creek. Fucking sets are coming, you chug over there, and it, it was just such an adventure, like such an adventure. You do anything to do that now, like really, you just you can whip over there straight away, and that, but that that that, that adventure ain't it, it's kind of gone. It's such a good point, man, because like you know, when I think back to my first surf trips uh, around the Pacific, and, and you know, I, in my mind, like in the early noughties, I was like, oh, Indo's blown. So like we went to um, Polynesia, like, you know, the, the islands, um, you know, I won't say which ones, but like, um, and we got crazy waves with no one around. But I guess the thing was like that adventure, that like back in the day, that was part of your mentality. It's like, I'm going on a surf trip, but you were going for the adventure. And, yes. the, the, and what mattered was, that you surfed every day, it, it and and if you scored fucking all time waves, like that's the yep. cherry. Yeah. But like it, it wasn't all about that. It wasn't all about striking and just fucking scoring through your teeth, which is now the culture. And it's it's possible to do that with ease, mate. You can rock as you know. You can rock up fucking anywhere you want on the day of the year now of all yep. the the forecasting um, apps and stuff like that. And it has taken a lot of the the magic and the, the mystery and, and the adventure out of surf travel, which is a shame, I reckon. Well, okay, perfect. Look, look, look at the end of the road, right? When you when, when, when you're in like Kuna, then you go to Legion and, you, and you're at the end of the road, right, mate? When we were there, mate, it was just nothing but bush. Now look at Seminyak, mate. It goes from Seminyak. Some people, and we're looking at yesterday, because oh, I always look at, so I still can't travel. So I've got two and a half years before I can travel because of parole. So I've been out for three and a half years now. And the boys go, why are you teasing? I said, man, I'd like to see what, like, what's going on. I said, look at this shit. Look at fucking Chung Zoom, mate. It's out of control. Chung Zoom, Proper. And I go, mate, control. this was all rice fields and all there. I said, mate, you have to cut through the rice fields on the thing fall there beside your park and cut through. And like, even salmon, yeah, mate, there was none of that. It was all bush. And that's all, that's where we went through. We went through all that, you know, and then cut through all the bush and jungle. And, that. and I used to hang out there going, like, dude, look at this shit, you know. Now, Look, it's just nothing but just it's just nothing but houses, uh, um, restaurants, and nightclubs and everything. Oh, like, dick bottle you, openers. Don't forget the once once the dick bottle openers make it to your suburb in Bali, it's it's all over. They're in Changu. It's fucking. It's, it's basically Kuta now. <laughs> it is. It is. And Kuta's kind of died in the ass. It really, Kuta looks by the what the things I'm watching on YouTube. It's only really surviving by the actual like guy people from like Jakarta, like the low. The, the Indos that go down to Kuta. Mm. That's, that's all you, you you see a few Westerns, thank you. But like all through the Matahari, you know, it makes dead. Like it's all closed off and all those places, are, they're all gone and everything's moved. Semenyak and Changzu. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. I, I went and um, visited Michaela Jones over there a while ago. Did a podcast of him at his joint, and when I, I was I used to live kind of west of Changu for a few years, yeah. and uh, you know, I remember his joint. It was like like you said, just surrounded by rice paddies, and now it's surrounded by dick bottle openers and cafes. Yeah, yeah. It's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> it's true though. It's dick bottle openers. I was like, mate, they've even got the dick bottle openers out the front. You yeah, fuck, I- get out of here. <laughs> 
<laughs> Oh, classic, mate. Classic. It's true, though. It's true. But I told him I could get back in there, really. So I, I didn't go for like six months prior. So Tanner and Sissy. So spring, it would be six and a half years. People are just going to be going, mate. Yeah. Like I
you know, mm. at the end of the day, like it, it just must have seen seemed like such a victimless crime. Like, you know, you're bringing in these fucking recreational drugs, whether it be, you know, cocaine in your case, for other people, it was, it was pot and, and hash and you know, a bit of smack and whatever, which is, you know, probably on the harder end of the spectrum, but um, that was happening. That was happening. Oh, yeah, it was. Smack and shit, mate, 100%, mate. Yeah. Don't kid um, yourself. Nah, that's right. And, uh, it just must have seemed like it's like you. I don't know. You, you're looking at these guys. They're living their fucking life. Like there's not sponsorships. There's not travel budgets at this point for pro surfers. You're either even like pro surfers in those day and age. Like that they had it pretty shit in a lot of ways. You know they're fucking the tour in the nineties and the eighties was awful. Current had it good, but like you yeah, know, there, like, there, there, there was a period where they went and stepped up with the Parkers and all the boys and Ding yeah. and all that. You know, that, that, that era they, they kind of blew up with Andy and Bruce. Yeah, but 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 prior to that, like you said, that when we were growing up, you know, and this is this is what you see, and this guy's doing this, and they're talking about going here, you know, and you want a part of that. I said, see, for me in my head, never did I ever think, right, that I was going to be a pro. So I was never the, like I could surf, don't get me wrong, but I was never that fucking. Full contest head. I, I never, like. I don't get me wrong. I, I did. I did the nationals and states and all the bullshit. I done all those things. You know what I mean? Just because everyone else was doing it, I was kind of yeah, yeah. But as I kind of started traveling, I was like, mate, this ain't fuck. That shit ain't for me. Like, you, you got to pay money to go on the contest. I go, mate, I'd rather go hang over in Indo for fucking two weeks instead of paying this and traveling there and you're working out the cost. That's two weeks in Indo. And I said, so that's how I was. I was always. I had that at an early age, mate. I had to travel, but proper. Proper hard, you know what I mean? That's why I spent when I was a kid. I spent most of my time overseas. Just, I, I, just, I just, I just couldn't, you know. Like I come back from my twenty first. Went when I was eighteen. Come back from my twenty first. I reckon I was back for about five to seven days. And went, fuck this, I'm out of here. Straight back to America. For America, I'm in Mexico. I'm in Europe. I'm just going. Fuck. Amazing, yeah. mate. See, that that's the thing. I was getting, you know, you live in, you, you know, you, you're making this sacrifice, right? Like, so you you know, you're trafficking, but at the same time, like, you know, talk us through the perks of that lifestyle for, for a fucking, a kid from housing commission. Oh, it was fucking magical. That's not sugar-coated. Like, it, it is what it is, man. Are you kidding me, man? In the end, man, I'm hiring places in France, two-story houses in France with me and my other mate. He's passed away, mate, rest in peace. Mate, we've got fucking two-story houses, mate. We're just fucking rolling, mate. For, th for, for three months, we would hire. And, yeah, mate, right in front in uh, um, Hossigor. So we're right there at, at Le Bourdain, right? So we've got a massive. We, we did this for years, mate. This, so this is this is what was enabled, mate. you got journalists coming over, mate. You're running amok. A complete mark, mate. There was nothing. If you wanted to go get eat something, you know, you know, back in the day when I started, obviously going to I'm penny pinching, I'm fucking selling leg ropes, fucking board. But at the end, you know, I'm coming home with nothing. I just yeah. get a backpack on and and shit. I've just sold everything just to stay an extra few days. No boards, nothing, you know, and just rolling home. But then, obviously, when the money started coming, mate, there was no issue. Mate, if I wanted to go have fucking sit there and have that restaurant, mate, I'm, I'm going to the restaurant and eat. I'm ordering what I want to order, mate. Is it? I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not with the baguette with the peanut butter or a bit of ham and cheese. And mate, don't get me wrong. Those in the beginning days was the case. But back then, mate, like we're hiring two-story houses, fucking running a complete. Mate, I've got cars. We're going up and down to Spain, up down to Portugal. We're here. We're there, mate. We had copious amounts of money, and we and we and we were just doing it. And that that 
that went everywhere. So even when we went back to India, we're hiring villas, man. We're not staying in $20 things where we're sharing $10 each and, you know, you're watching your mate pump some fucking Indo hooker or something, you know what I mean? Go, son. Fucking go, you good thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or they're watching you, mate, giving you a little little nudge on, you know what I mean? But that's, but that's how it was back then, you know what I mean? Yeah, and then you, like, so that's how you start. And then in the end, all of a sudden, you've got home three bedroom villas, you're all just chipping in, you mate, you've got pools, you've got mates. Oh, can we cook this place and do this, you know? Like, like yeah. So, look. There's a sugar. It is, it is what it is, right? You know what I mean. But but then, obviously, the back end of the story ain't so fucking glossy. You know? That's right. And and people got to remember, like, oh, you know, don't want to glorify crimes and the lifestyle and that. But at the end of the day, the, bar- the barristers are fucking snorting the blow anyway. So fuck, yeah, like, yeah. Why 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 the why the judges are blowing rags was on kids' ass cheeks. You know what I mean? Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, I can make kick yourself, mate. Yeah. Oh. They, 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 they got a two to five k radius from surf clubs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, seriously, yeah. man. <laughs> oh, it's sickening. It, it, it's it sickening. You know, like I'm not. Listen, I'm look. I'm not glorifying glorify what, what I did. You've asked me a question, and that's exactly how exactly. it was. It was. It was glorify. It was glory at that time because we're living large and we're doing what the fuck we wanted to do. It, like, and we, we we groveled for so many years as young kids doing these things, and all of a sudden, we're on the other end of the spectrum where we can hire the nice cars. We've got fucking nice houses. We're, we're eating what we wanted to eat, you know? So um, That's it. But, you get, but then, you, you're um, getting the barristers their drugs, and you're fucking getting barreled. Yeah. That's your payment. You know what I look at it, mate? I, I swear to God, it's like point break. All I was doing was bringing me shit in. Like the, the, Those guys were robbing the banks and, 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 and chasing ways. I was just bringing my shit in, every, like literally every time I'd bring it in, boom, I'd get a, a mover and I, I, I'd be gone. You wouldn't see me for months. I believe that's what how I lasted so long because I would do what I would do, like fucking get my money, snook it where I needed to snook it, take what I needed to take, and I was fucking gone, like within the week, boom, boom. So it's out of sight, out of mind, and that's what I did for a long time, long time. And I'd like, you know, like, there's no... Everyone knows, mate, like, you know, like, it, 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 they caught up. At the end of the day, I did what I did for, like, 16-plus years, and, and and my sentence was 16 years. Right, <laughs> wow. You, you, you know what I mean? So, fuck, it's... Yeah. And, and like, in terms of, um, you know, it's interesting just noting the history of, of trafficking and smuggling within surfing, like, because I look at, like, um, I guess my, my dad's generation, you know, it was, like, people who could surf and sail boats were like the guys then and uh yeah and so like and then you know back in those days too it's like even like they just weren't onto it with airplane security so like you know you could smoke cities in flights back then what, little what about you know, that? can't say guns on fucking flights like in those days there was a bar in the fucking back. I'm a kid. I, got, I don't want to, I don't smoke or nothing, mate. I mean, they put me up the back. Everyone's just chugging smoke, drinking beers, partying. It was a fucking full-blown party. Everyone's fucking, I'm just going, what the fuck? Like, yeah, well, this is madness, you know? That's how it was back then, though. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so I guess, like, at a certain point, I mean, I mean, I guess, you know, to be honest, like the, the sailing route was was open for a, lo- for a long time. Um, and, and that was how it was done and then i mean your method was different though yes yes so mine was um you know like obviously i, I strapped the coke to me 
I'd walk through LA airport because when you're leaving LA, it's it's not really like when you're leaving airports, it's like it's not really like bad, like you know, coming through Australia is I don't get me wrong, Australia got this check and then fill in and you go, you know, but but when you leave LA, you walk up, you rock up, there's nowhere like hand your ticket and your passport, they check you in, you get you grab your shit, right? Your backpack and you've checked everything in. All you do is walk around, go through one little scanner and, and you're and you're in the airport. But when you leave Sydney, you, you there's quite a few little checkpoints you have to but most of the places when you leave the country, that's how it kind of is. So, so I would just do that, strap up, check in, go through the little scanner, make sure I have nothing pipping on me, just and then walking through the airport, might jump on the plane. Twenty minutes out, throw my shit in the fucking in the toilet. Excuse me, in the toilet. Had the people working at the airport, like, you know what I mean? They kept coming from the side, grabbed it. By the time I got home, the shit was already at the front door in a backpack, sitting to the side. Yeah, sit, 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 sit to the side. That, that's because they had, I had the ground staff on, on my side. So they'd come in, the ground crew would pick it up, you know. Like I said, it's all documented anyway. Mm-hmm. And they'd just come in, they'd grab it. And I remember once when my mum come to the airport to grab me, I've been away for a fair while. We come back, I think I had fucking two and a half kegs on me or something like that, you know. And I think I had another bloke with me, you know. So we had two and a half weeks, so it was five kilos. And, um, uh, she come, I forget who she came with though, because my mum has never driven. And so she comes and, you know, like I've been gone for quite a while actually. Like I've been gone for nearly a year or something like that. And she come out and then with one of the boys and so and we, 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 we you know, we dropped the load and stuff like that. And then we were living in the houses. And then when we come back, there was like a, a big ripcord back, like sitting right beside the door near a table where she'd sit at the front and stuff, you know what I mean, and have a cup of tea. And, and she goes, oh, Jesus. Oh, she goes, oh, the, the bag wasn't there when I left this morning. I said, oh, yeah, the boys the boys knew I was coming home. It's brand new clothes, Mum. She goes, oh, God bless them. You know, and grabbed their fucking bag. There's five bricks in there. But, mate, you know, you, you don't need to tell your parents, like, well, what's what's going on, you know what I mean? And, and yeah, so she, but she noticed straight away, I'm like, oh, that bag. Now, I think all these little things, depending on the job, can't fucking this and that. You know, so, um, yes. So we, I, it, it was a good system. Yeah, mate. I've, I've heard you um, break it down a couple of times on, on different podcasts. And, and my favorite thing about your system is is the ripping 10 cones at in and out Burger or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that? Full like, pothead, mate. Unbelievable. Fuck it. Yeah, fucking uh, proper pot. Because I would do what I do up the coast. It took me an hour and a half to get to the airport, right? You know, punch a few cones before I leave. We punch it. I was just a pothead. So for me, it was never like, like if I did something out of the, the abnormal, I'd probably make me paranoid. Fuck, you know. But I was a stoner, and that's and that's what I did. So punch a few cones, and I grab the bong, and then you fucking punch a few on the road. Then we get to In and Out, order the burgers and shit like that. I'd punch a few. Sometimes I'd have a feed. Sometimes I'd take the feed with me in the bag, and I'd fucking you now just be ripping, boom, boom, just fucking punching, and I just get driven. Yeah, all right, boy, so yes. And then as soon as I as soon as, soon as I would land, I'd ring them up to make sure and just let them know that I was. I was safe, but that's but that's that. that no, I did it for so long, mate. Full pothead, mate. Full oh, pothead, man. mate. It's classic, and I guess because it was a you know you were a, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say it wasn't a, a massive operation, like in, in the scale of what's going on now. Like I oh, guess it, it was no. a, a small, small scale, like kind of thing, smallish. 
Um, mate, one could... compared to these days, even when yeah. you read the news and stuff, you know, like, there's, mate, there's fucking tons of this, and I just go, mate, oh, was nothing. But yet my sentence was so harsh. It, mm-hmm. Like, you know, for like, the, like I said, mate, in the end of the day, when I get pinched all together, I think in three loads, they, they got they got like 19.8 kilos. So let's just say 20 kilos, mate. That's why I'd cheer up with the boys. I said, and that's a fucking weekend out in Sydney. I said, mate, I did 10 years. I got locked up for 10 years for a weekend out in Sydney. <laughs> Fuck, man. It's such a good point because, like, even up here on the North Coast, like, you can't go anywhere without being surrounded by cokeheads. They're fu- mate, the shit is fucking everywhere. Everywhere. Yep. Like, it, and it's torture. Like, I don't do coke. I, I, I don't like it. I don't like what it does to people. Yep. Um, it's, it's just not my thing, right? So I'll be out and I'll be, you know, I'm a single guy. I'm trying to fucking pick up a chick or whatever and i just noticed like as soon it's like uh, as soon as some dude walks past with a packet like she's gone that's yeah, and yeah. so like you know what like, we call that we call that a pocket full of personality mate 100 percent. yeah it is it People is like that. they can smell up. it eh? well, that's uh, why it's got a pocket full of personality Whoop, off you off you go off you know you go. so mean? you're just getting fucking like someone's throwing down an ace on the table every time you're out and about and it, 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 it like the, the, just the absolute commonality of that drug in our society. And we're an island that's a long way from South America. Like, it, it, you know, in theory, it should be hard to kind of get it here or like, you know, costly at least. It's got to change a lot of hands. And yet it's fucking everywhere, man. So, you know, like we're, we're not winning the war on drugs. Like at this point, it's surely yeah. about decriminalizing it. Um, and, and like, I, I guess, like, I mean, that's going to, yeah, it, it kind of has to be, it is, it's about decriminalizing it. And, and, and like, cause it's just, it's a G up. It's a, and then it's a managing it. That's, that's, yeah. and man, well, look, look, look at Portugal and places like that, how much the crime rate went, went down and stuff like that. But like you said, if you, if you, if you did something like that, the crime doesn't stop, mate. What about your barristers, your lawyers, the DPP, your judges, mate? There's a whole, society that fucking feed and live off that shit you've got to understand that and if you if you if you decriminalize and where are they going to go like seriously like like it's, it, it, that cuts into their you know and you got you, in, in one way or another you pay your taxes mm. you know what i mean you've got to pay your barrister your solicitor you've got a qc even you know your coins council and you've got to pay those fuckers mate. They, they come up with numbers that's what i said they're professional lovers straight off the phone no balaclava needed straight up professional they come in oh mate i'm 20 grand a day I was like, how the fuck do you come up with a sum of 20 you're worth 20 grand a day like who the fuck comes up with that like you know what i mean oh yeah and this, a cokehead mate only a cokehead could think they're worth 20 grand a day <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but the one you all their juniors are doing the work anyway, and they summarise everything, and give it to give it to the to the big wig, and then he comes in and and and, and justifies he's fucking twenty grand. Like yeah, it's just professional robbery straight oh. up, you know. And like, you, you, you haven't got guys that, that that can afford that, you know. So so they're left with the, like a bloody guy that's just off the bottom, like the um what are they ah what. Like the government just gives it to them. Oh, mate, you, you can use this guy because you've got no money or nothing, you know. And like, the guy's just a fucking just, just starting off. How, how's he going to defend your case as someone who's, who's been there forever and wants to charge you 20? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's, hard. It's, it, it's a crazy concept. It's like because these guys are essentially setting the law. So, like, this is the world that we live in where the guys who are uh, uh, enforcing and, and setting the law are like completely taking the piss and cannot be trusted as far as you can throw them. And it, it like, that's the world that we live in. It's like that in this very second. And it's the fucked up thing is too, man. Like, and I, you know, I'm not telling you any, any, anything 
new. This is more for the listeners, but it's been like this since this joint become a fucking settled colony. Like the English fucking aristocrats were taking the piss right from the get go, and they yeah. still are. We're still fighting the same people in the same positions from the same blue blood lineage. And uh, you know, people talk about this country being the the land of the fair go and and this and that, like. But I don't see it, man. Like I, like you, you said, you got the you got the blue blood, and what happens is, and it's a generational thing. You know what I mean? So as soon as that kind of guy retires or he boom, like their uncle, aunt, whoever it may be, steps in. So what you said, it's blue blood. So that that blood keeps going, and they just keep that same fucking mentality all the way through. And like the commoner just gets nothing. He just gets mm. railroaded. He's just there to, 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 to keep the world going. You know what I mean? And, and I, I, I seen this early in the post. I, I, was, I was onto that shit, you know, like early in the post. Like I was a full anti-government kind of, you know what I mean? Going, fuck these posts this shit. Paying tax now. Now, now like you're paying tax, mate, they, it's like they come in with a fist. Boom, mate. You walk out fucking every afternoon. After the tax, and you've got eight like, stitches in your eyes. They've just fucked you. You know, mate, it's, mate, it's horrific. So I'm, just, I'm just going, and I, and I jail with the counter. Like, who's who's the criminal here? I said, these fucking pieces of shit, or, or me. Like, now, like, because, oh, like, I've never done taxes, I've never done none of those things. And now that I have to, I've got to sit in there, everything's got to be accountable for, and this is coming in, that's going out, and everything. So I'm kind of going, you know, you've got to keep all your petrol receipts, the car, this, that. Mate, there's a lot of, and I'm just going, mate, you know, they, they, they want to tax you for everything, like everything, you know. So I'm just going, mate, these people are the worst criminals than us. They, they tax you so much, yet, you know, they can't come up with, um, you know, affordable housing, like for, for low-income people yeah. or working-class people. That You know, they, they can't seem to, uh, you know, keep us out of wars. Like, I feel like most of our taxpayers' money is just spent on fucking making bombs and other shit to send to the Middle East or to fucking Ukraine or whatever, like, you and, know. And, like and even, and even like, something happens, happens in another country, which is which is fair enough, you, you, you would like to help, right? But all of a sudden, they're sending fucking 20 million, fucking, there's a billion for that country. Like, have a look within yourself. That's why in America, there's so many people blow up because they are oh, yeah, that country, they, they need help. But yet, they've got a fucking billion people rolling around LA, homeless, smoking crack and fentanyl and shit. Man, you've got to look within yourself if I could help and then help these people and then worry about other, other countries and stuff. Totally, man. Totally. Yeah, that's right. I mean, like all that money that gets siphoned off and, and sent overseas, it just gets, uh, you know, consumed by the barristers or the, you know, the the fucking blue bloods in that country. So it's just money changing hands between fucking, you know, aristocrats. Big wigs, big yeah. wigs, big wigs oh. buttering up big wigs. That's all it is, mate. That's all it, it is. is. It is. It is. Man, talk to us. So, yeah, obviously, eventually you get done and um, you get put away. So, like... You know, what's that experience like for you? Like, so talk us through, you know, just going into into jail for the first time and, and just the, the culture shock uh, and, and what's going through your head. Like, because obviously I understand you had a couple of young kids by this point. And, um, yeah, like Look, how was that transition? Um, when you kind of in that environment, in that world, you know so many heads already you know so like when i went in they grabbed me in, they had me in silver water not silver water um uh, surrey hills down underground i was in there for about 
seven or eight days, you know what I mean? And just the smell and stuff, you know what I mean? You got to, you know, the milk is different with the food, like everything just makes your, your fucking whole world is tipped upside down. You know, obviously my concern was for the kids, you know what I mean? Like, well, you know, and about them going to school, are they, are they going to get teased and stuff like that? So for me, I'm a big boy. I made my bed. I have to lay in it now, you know, but my little ones, they, you know, they didn't, you know what I mean? Like I, I did it. And so, and they were going to Cambala, you know, and but the 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 mothers there and the teachers there were because it was obviously it was such big news and mate it was on the front bloody paper for two days and then and then on the weekend it mate it just fuck I do doing double page spread and had me here and dot the dot like a little you know what I mean so mm. and I was, as I come through I end up in you end up in a place called Darcy at Surrey Hills I think you can go to Park Learn up these days you know so but at this stage. I went straight into uh, uh, Silverwater and I played with Darcy 1 and Darcy 2 and I'm there. Well, well I, I land there, mate, we, and you have sweepers. Sweepers the one that give you the milk and, and your food and bread and stuff, and, you know. Mate, I got in the morning, boom, 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 wait boom. And was, mate, I swear to God, we got six sweepers. Five of the sweepers were old school Maruba boys. Wow. We've been waiting, my brother. What's the, you're all right, mate. We're, you know what I mean? And the squeeze goes, let it work. We're opening the doors, and then as soon as I come out, the boys are all there. And then there's a couple of other guys I knew, a couple of big boys. I, I, I knew, mate, mate, mate. So, so for me, it was it, it was okay. You know, obviously the you still get that little numbness. You know what I mean? Going, oh, fuck, what about this shit? You know what I mean? But then I, I was already in that world. See, mm. I was in that criminal world, mate. So then I'm, I'm straight back into the fucking university. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, well, everyone's there. I'm going, oh, fuck, man. Okay, mate. I've not been seeing you in ages. He goes, yeah, I've been here for the last three years. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going, oh, fuck, man. I wonder I haven't seen you. And the other boys, everyone was there. And there was like five. There was only one guy from Balmain, and the other five were like sweepers. They're all from Maribyrn. And so and that, that, and that was okay. And the screws could see that. You know, they can say, fuck this little guy. So what they did was, I actually had my first visit. So I got there, had my first visit, got back, and they said, Cleveland, you know, fuck, and you're going up into the pods. And I went, yeah, and then, and then when the my, one of the boys come over, Lenny comes over and goes, mate, you go, they're pissing you off up there because they know that you know all of us. So by the time I get going, I've got bags of good green clothes. I've got a fucking brand new pair of Nike TNs, you know what I mean? So I'm rolling up. I've been there dead set. I arrived at the 1 o'clock that night. In the afternoon, 3 o'clock, I packed my shit and I'm gone. So I'm like, what, what are you looking at, like 12 hours later or something, you know, like fucking I'm already up into the pods. Went up there in 213 pod and I knew like this young Islander kid, everyone else I didn't even know, but all the other boys that I knew, they were over in 11, like so there's a whole heap of heads, you know what I mean, I kind of looked around and people were looking at me because I was on the news and in the papers so everyone knew who I was and this is, this can be a bad thing or this can be a good thing, you know, lucky for me everyone knew who I was anyway, you know, but if you don't really, if you're not really known, and you come into that environment, mate, you're going to get bitten, mate. People in a car, they say, mate, I want fucking 100 grand in my account. Mate, people getting stamped. I, I never, no, never nothing. No, no, I was very lucky in that aspect. But, mate, guys, every day, mate, getting stamped, whether it be fucking cans of tunas for your shoes or people getting getting their other people to follow their people after visits and fucking come on this and mate, we've got 250 grand in our account, mate. This is it. He's Deadpool. People just go, all right, for big movers, you know, because they think you got a lot of money. 
So I, w- I was lucky that I knew a lot of boys. Right. In, in, so people, yeah, yeah. so people are, so people will come to visit, and then uh, another inmate will get Have someone to follow them on the outside. And yes, fuck, yes. that's gnarly. Yeah, mate. Fuck, you got so you got people visiting, right? He's got his visitors, and they know this guy's fucking worth plenty, right? Mm. When so when their visitors go up to leave, he will he'll go. All right, boys, I'm going to see you too. So they they his visitors. We'll follow theirs, get their number plates, get everything, mate. And then what they'll do is they'll do their homework, right? They'll come back, tell old mate, old mate in jail. They'll have a visit next week, telling him, this is, mate, this is where he lives. This is what goes on. So they run down. As soon as they walk inside, yeah, listen, mate, 250, one fucking account, mate. We know your wife's name. You drive this car, there's your rego number. We know where you live. Your kids go to this school. Oh, yeah, proper. That's proper shit. Wow. Oh, mate, shit goes down, mate, nonstop. Like, people make a living off that. Yeah, yeah. So people so- actually make a living off that. I'm not surprised, yeah, because I just saw Jared Hayne got uh, moved to, you know, a special high-profile prison. Uh, yeah. I, I imagine for that exact reason. Uh, he, he'd be, I reckon he'd be down in Kuma. So that's where all your kind of your white collar, right? Um, like you, you got like dirty coppers, fucking judges, all that shit. They, that's what I said, mate. They're so protected, and they get the mm. best job and the creamiest, you know. And then they get, oh, mate, you've been a good bloke. Let's fucking sign you off. You can get to an easy jail. Yeah, you know what mm. I mean. They're, they're 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 not in the guts and glory of things. Don't worry about that. Mm. You know what I mean. It's a fucking it's a dead set jungle. It's, mm. a, it's an absolute jungle, mate. And so, yeah, go on. So, so so like obviously I get the thirteen and I knew and I seen a couple of heads and I just I seen who the head swivel was. I just went over. I go, I go brother. Just went, yeah, yeah, mate. He's a bit this fucking can. He's a bit of an arrogant cocksucker. I forget his name. He fucking you know. I go. I said, mate. I, I said, I've got a lot of boys over here, 11 pod, you know, two to all the boys, rah, 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 rah. He goes, oh, okay, then. Okay, so he, as soon as I threw their names up, he he, he, he went, okay, then. So he sent words, and the boys sent words straight up. He's with us, fucking, mate, whatever he knows. And then it was just, boom. Just, it was, so there was no, there's no one coming from him because I knew so many people. And like, and then the word, and then they, and they, and that, and that. There, was, there was a group because it was the same time as, the airport when the the commentaries bashed yeah. the guy. I remember this. Yeah, yeah. Peter That's Service right. and he, yeah, and he yeah. died. And that, well, the commos are all from his area. So we yeah. know I grew up with him and all, that, all those boys were there. Right. So they all sent word over and just was like, yeah, mate, he's, he's with us. And then and then I was just trained him. And then, so, and then about three of them actually moved over and I was two out with one of the head ones. You know what I mean? Mate, we grew up together since we were fucking little kids. Tuza, you know, he's, he's not a combo anymore. So me and him are there, and he, he was head swerved, mate. This is it, bro. I mean, the guy's like fucking six foot eight and 120 kilos built like well, fucking big. Yeah, so oh, yeah. there wasn't there was no arguments going on with anyone. And me and him were two out. Like, we're, we're best of mate. We grew up out here together. Yeah. Yeah. So I was interested. Yeah, I was wondering about that because um, yeah, obviously, like, you know. I'm from the area more or less. So like, you know, the commas are from over the back there, like Matto and, and that kind of zone yeah. and um Chifley and, and wherever else. And then, you know, obviously Maruba is like, you know, this is probably just break it down for people listening on the podcast who might not be from the Eastern suburbs or whatever, but you know, there's Maroubra, which is the coastal zone and a lot of surfers and um, you know, like, you know, hard men and no bullshit people. But then crossing into jail like jail like you said it's a jungle like there's fucking ruthless people in there so i, I full-on predators oh man and i just wondered how you would do coming from uh a, a beach you know a surf culture 
in prison because it's not a it's it's gnarly in Look, there and and like, sorry you're, you're absolutely right it's more of a softer fucking you know what i mean like little surfies and whatever but that's not the case for maru but that's the, and mm. it's never been the case man we had our locos our tony hines our grand robos mm. mate they're all born and bred maru all surf fucking all hardcore mm. all done fucking 20 years like proper machines so we came in and you know what I mean? We've got the Dave Zammett, you, like, you know what I mean? Like these guys. So it, it was, so when, when we rocked in and you say you're from Ruben and you're, and that, so already it has that stigma. Okay. Even in prison. hundred percent. Yeah. The boys wow. were fucking ruthless back yeah, in the day. Yeah, and yeah. Then I only mentioned, I only mentioned a couple, mate. You know, when, when mm. I was in, when I was in, we counted 22 people in, in jail from Maroubra. Wow. 22 people that we all know, you know, like from the young blokes to the older blokes, there was 22 of us in. Wow. Like, that's why I answer joke, mate, there's something in the water. Like, and everyone's doing big wax. The kids are obviously doing a bit small, like threes and whatever. But last, we're all doing tens, mate. Another bloke did 22, like Les Kalachi and that. Like, so so, so our, our name in, in, inside is fucking solid. Mm. It's solid as mm. a rock. You know yeah. what I mean? So, and, and it, it depends how you carry yourself too. If you come in with a, a chip on your shoulder and arrogant, well, you're going to get knocked down. That mm. chip's going to come off your shoulder. There's always someone who's more dangerous than you, always. Yeah, that's a guarantee. Uh, and so, you know, talk us through some of the, the incidents that you, you bore witness to or, or had to survive yourself. But like, what you know, what's like, Take, take us inside the the prison system, and a lot of this is it. Is it this at Long Bay? A lot of it. Yeah, well, I spent a long time in Long Bay, I spent, which is interesting uh, in itself because, like, you know, for people not from Sydney, like Long Bay is fucking may as well be in Maroubra, like it's that Maroubra. close to it. Yeah, I could look out in the top thing and look and look and look down over uh, Malabar, look at look at the water, smell the salt air. You know what I mean? Look, there's always some type of instance. I like myself. I've always had a couple. Of, I, I always kept. I just trained in my thing, but. Mate, it's over a phone call or someone looking at the wrong way or someone's bumped you know fuck what the, you know so i i had my fair share of knuckles too but then what what you what you see is a lot of like gang shit too you know what i mean he's crew here and this guy rocks in fuck and they turn out this bloke you know what i mean fucking he's fucking he's going to get out of here because obviously he's from another gang you know like i say so okay and then and then what happens is this is why you've got to be very careful so they get him right so he goes off to his jail where all his people is. Well, one of those 10 end up getting fucking moved, what they call tipped. Oh, mate, you're fucking, you're on escort. Boom. He's ended up over fucking there where, where all his crews are. So they get him. So it's a, it's a revolving door. They get him. They get you. It goes backwards and forwards. And it's like, so at Silverwater, you've got rebels and hell's angels. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. Rebels and Comancheros, right? Um, Lone Wolves were there, but they had a massive running with rebels. So a lot of technicality shit, a lot of people, you, you know, that don't, mm. they don't see this shit. So now, Lone Wolves, Banditos, and Hells Angels, they're at Park Leap. So they all have their separate jars because, mate, the last thing the screws want to do is fucking, you know, and these guys, they're all big boys, you know what I mean? They, they, and, they, you know, and they, when a lot of them get busted, mate, you're looking at 20, there's 20 Hells Angels, there's fucking 15 uh, uh, um, Bandits, fucking 20 Lone wars, you know, like, like so it, it, they were, and they all get along. So you look at that, mate. There's fucking fifty-five heads that you have to maintain. You know what I mean? So they want a friendliest environment as they can. And now with all the Islander boys and all their fucking gangster rap music and shit, like it even 
you know, like the one four boys fucking don't like these boys and those boys don't like those boys and it's shit. But it's sort of everybody, you know, I mean, you've got bloodline down in, in Golden Big Island boys, which they're, they're, they're good boys versus the OC boys. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a fucking, mate, so you you got to stay in your lane. Yeah. So stay, stay in your lane. I'm, like we, I get along with everybody. I never get involved in any, I said, boys, I said, fuck, I don't ride bikes, boys. I said, I ride surfboards, mate. I couldn't even fucking ride a bike if you give me one, you know. Like a little moped, sweet round, you know, done. You know what I mean? With those big fucking harlequins, I couldn't I couldn't do one of them, you know. So, so you know, you just stay in your lane. Mate, it's 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 really well put. I'm, I'm glad you described <laughs> it and, and broke it down like that because, uh, you know, for anyone listening who's flirting with the idea of, uh, you know, just dipping their toes in or whatever. I think what they have to realize is that, you know, I've had family members go away for, you know, fairly significant amounts of time, and, but they weren't connected with anyone. So when they're in there, they're, they're fucked. Like they're just fucking well, like but, they could, they could stay in their lane, but like they're getting stood over for fucking noodles and phone calls and, you know, just dumb shit like that. Like you, so like you, you might think you're the hard man on the outside slinging packets or pills or pot or whatever, but the reality <laughs> is, like you're a fucking absolute bottom feeder. What's you going? Fucking perfect analogy. Fucking straight up perfect analogy. You're a bottom feeder. But don't get me wrong, man. I've seen the fucking biggest goofballs come in. They just fucking pull out their book. They're sitting in their little corner, sitting in their chair, and fucking read books. You've got guys up in the corner playing chess. They're just goofballs, mate. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they've you know they've done some fraud or whatever it may be and stuff. They just keep quiet. They keep to themselves. They're not fucking out there trying to knock in for phone calls. Like sometimes, you know, you'll be like, oh, can, can you get me a knocking? That's what we call a knocking for the phone. Get us a knocking. Yes, we. I, no, he was before me, so you push him in. And a couple of the older Aussie boys, that's what I do. I always put them before me. You know what I mean? Because those guys ruled. They ruled back in the day. But these guys are like fucking 70 and stuff, like old pigeon that, you know what I mean? All these guys are just proper hardcore, you know, and they're a bit older now and stuff. And so I always put all the older boys, I always respected those guys, you know, I put them in, get them a couple of phone calls and I'll make a call and whatever, and then I'll go back to training and stuff. But so you, you can come in and stay in your lane and, and not get harassed, nothing, you know what I mean? But, but you know, you've always got the biters, man. You, you got a sugar there, brah. You got a, what about a coffee there, bro? What about a gym, bro? You got any, you got any milk there, bro? Like it's, yeah, you just go, fucking mate. Like soon as you give one sugar, one fucking coffee, one little jam, a slice of bread, mate, you, 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 it's on now. That's that's a that's a fucking it's open slather. You know what I mean? So you just go, nah, sorry, my bro, nah, mate. Man, oh, I'm a bro, all right. and you, you, you know what I mean. And like you, you've always got the biters, mate. You know they're just gonna fucking bite you for anything, you know. And then perfect example, mate. You, you're gonna get those people that um come in and just you know stand over. Usually when they come in for a standover, they they usually fucking three to five more deep, you know what I mean. So mm. it's like if you're punching on you, you're punching on the fucking tribe of them. Mm, mm, yeah, okay. man. Uh, and I mean, so at the moment, right, well, I'd like to get into also just the, the mental side of things, like the the resilience and the, the darkness that you, you un, undoubtedly would have uh, had to deal with and, you know, how deep that goes in terms of, like, mental health issues in jail and even outside of jail. Like, um, But even before we get to that, man, like, you know, and we might have to cut this bit out. I, I don't know. Cause it's not about you. It's about someone else, but there's a, a, a bloke from Aruba, very similar to yourself, 
uh, incredible surfer. You would have raised this kid, I imagine. He was only a year or two older than me. And when I was a grown, like, you know, he was the guy getting the spreads at Shark Island. And he was the guy from the, from the area pretty much for my generation. Yep. Um, Evan Forks is his name. And now he's looking at a, a huge whack for uh, what what they're saying in the papers is $12 million worth of uh, meth. And, um, man, like what, you know, what would be going through his mind? He, his situation's similar to yours in that he had a couple of young kids, yeah. you know, probably could have got out a while ago or whatever, but like didn't. And now he's in a situation where he's got two kids. He's looking at a, a big stint, you know, what's that like? And, and what's it like for you too? seeing a grommet man, like someone who you would have spent so much quality time with being in that situation. It's, it's like everyone has different processes in their life. In, in, me saying that meaning like everyone has gone through different things. You know what I mean? So, so like, like I said, I grew up with Evan. We, we pretty much raised it. But for me being away for 10 years and being out and just doing my thing, like I, so I don't know like, like, like what he, because everyone has a different state of mind. So like, do, do I know what he was doing? Fuck, I don't know because I don't ask questions, mate. And in the same time is I don't want to know. Like, yeah. I don't want to know other people's business, you know. The only thing, honestly, I swear to God, my, is my whole life, the only thing I ever get fucking FOMO about, and me, I, I wouldn't care if you won a billion dollars, I'd be ringing up, God, you fucking imagine. Fuck, I wouldn't even ask once, I don't, I don't care. Mate, fucking barrels. If there's waves going on and I'm missing out, I'm going, fuck. That's, mate, that's, that's, that, that's me. You know what I mean? So I'm just going, but like anything else, I couldn't have, fuck, I could have been there, fuck. I should have just juggled this job and put them there and fuck, I could have been there. So that's, that's, that's my only frame of mind, you know what I mean? That, that, that's it. Everything else, oh, I don't ask you, how oh, they care. I don't care what that neighbour does, I don't care what he does. With Ev, I, I, I didn't know what he, what he was doing. And then obviously these things come up and you hear all these stories and then, like what? What's his mindset like? I don't really know. They, they they say he's in good spirits. They do say he's in good spirits. A couple of boys talk to him and stuff like that. They do say he's in good spirits. What happens is when they first grab you, you're very numb, and you're kind of going, "Fuck, all right, like fucking wow, like what the fuck is this? Is this really happening?" Kind of, you know what I mean? A few nights in Surrey Hills, and you just kind of for, for me because I knew there was a build up of two and a half years. They were watching me with Ev. They said they were watching for 18 months, you know what I mean? So it's very similar circumstances here, you know. So, you know, and then when they get you, you kind of like, they know you're on, you, there's a, a sense of relief too. They kind of go, fuck, they got me. Fuck, oh, I knew they were there. They fucking got me, you know. So for me, like I said, I was more worried about the kids, you know. And I, 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 my mindset, I'm very strong. I'm a very strong, like I, I adapted like fucking literally instantaneously. I just, I, I, I adapted to what my environment was going to be. Come in, I was like, yeah, yeah, you've seen heads, mate. You're kind of a bit wary and stuff, like, you know what I mean? But then after seeing all the boys, the boys are over in, in 11 pod, you're kind of like, you know, and then like you're in the mix, you know? And so I adapted quite quickly. And like I said, I, I, I knew in the first visit I had, I said to my partner at the time, I said to her, I said, I'm fucking doing 10. She goes, nah. I said, listen, I said, get in your head. I said, I'm, I'm doing 10. I said, they've been so hungry for me for so long. I said, I'm telling you, mate, they're going to give me 10. That's going to be on the bottom. I said, let's just prepare for that. So I had 10 in my head. And what did I get? 16 with a 10. So 10 years incarcerated, six years parole. So during that period, I just, I just, 
mate, and this is what I've said to everybody, I had my head there. I made sure that everybody obviously was looked after and tried to do the best I can. But my head never came outside the walls because I wasn't, I wasn't there. It's like me now having my head inside the walls when I'm fucking out here. Like, what, I want to go stand on muster at the fucking three o'clock and keep wait for me. See, that, that's what I'm saying. You know, I, I was, I'm here now. So this is, this is how I, this is how I adapted. And people go, fuck, you just adapted. You've come out, you surf and fuck around. I'm like, hey, mate, but that's, that, that, that's it. You're inside. You have your head inside. There's nothing you can do outside. You're going to have your people helping you. You're going to have your legal team visiting you. And the same with Ed. This is what Ed will be worried about, his kids and stuff like that. Obviously, his missus, and, and then he'll be getting his legal process. He probably won't get sentenced for two years. That TV did what they're saying they he did. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Fucking like, might be all stories. You know, mm-hmm. might, go to, might, might go to trial and, and then, you know. Yeah, massive but, allegedly over the whole thing, uh, obviously. But, um, yeah. And yeah. So you've got, you have a, you have to have a, like a strong mindset. Mm. You, know, you, you see you see people in there crumbling, you know, and a lot of people crumble over their shoelaces. Mm. Fucking hundred percent, mate. Oh man, she's fucking going like, my like, mate, what are you gonna do? I said, if she turns up on the visit, she's got scabs on her knees. I said, you want to be fucking kicking into the curb side because she's bringing on her knees, coming to town, so. mate. But I, but this is how I was. Like it was just, I, I fucking trained, I read books. Like it, it, like I did an art course in there, painting and drawing and stuff like this. So I just, I got my head around things. Like this is me, mate. What the fuck am I gonna do? What's the point of making my ten years, like twenty years, stressing about everything? Don't get me wrong, I pieces of the shit, spending money, taking money, doing this, doing that. Obviously, you do a little bit of head yards, head miles too. You know, you're sitting in there, but but in the day, you know, you you put it to the back and go, what the fuck can I do? What like what like what what can I do now? But be in the moment. Just you know, make sure check in, make sure the kids are all right. Even if I had a flat day, I'd still be ringing the kids up and going, "Yeah, no, everything's good." You know, like you know what I mean? And you know, yeah, not everyone's at a hundred percent every day. Mm. You know, I, I run pretty high most of the time. Now. I fucking I'm pretty uh, uh, high high volume, mate. And Power to you, because like the, the way I've come to understand a lot of our uh, mental health issues and mental illness is just, it, it's simply most of the time, uh, the result of low energy, right? And, um, you know, we can create energy and uh, you're very good at it. Like you, you work out really hard and I admire that a lot. That, that, that to me, like that's self-discipline right there. And, uh, you know, as Mike Tyson says, discipline is uh, doing things that you hate, like you love them. And uh, it's not easy. If it was easy, they wouldn't call it discipline. So, um, you know, I guess a big part of being able to 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 run on high revs and and, and be there for your kids and and everyone else in this difficult time was how hard you push yourself physically uh, and mentally, as you mentioned. Also, a credit to you, mate, like that you were able to um, understand that you know taking care of your mind and growing in the mind and, and challenging the mind with art and literature and stuff like this is, is equally as important but talk to us about you know what you're doing in in the, in prison like just give us the rundown on, on your fitness uh regime oh like because you've got nothing else to do but to train you know what i mean so this is what i say to the kids when they come in and i say mate this is a fucking training camp so if I, i've always been i've always been a half glass full guy Never half empty, never like fuck. And, you know, everything's always half full for me, you know. So I get people just going, mate, this is how it is. When we get out, we're going to be looking good. We're fucking, you know. So I was always training, and, and this, this is how I set 
try to help people when I was in there, you know. So my morning routine would be right. So I'd get up in the morning, mate. I'm always I'd have a like a liter of water, half a liter of water, a coffee, and a shit. That's for some reason that's, that's how that's how it rolls, right? Get up in the morning. I, I can't really because I always, I get a bad heartburn and like the, the, the what was it called? It comes back up reflux. The reflux, you know? yeah, yeah. So I go out there and we pump out a massive fucking mate. Some of our circuits, like so, perfect example, we do twenty burpees. We run 25 metres, we do 20 burpees, we run back 19, fucking run 19. So you're just looking at a 20, wow. 25 motor run. At the end, you've got 420 burpees, you know what I mean, right? So, and then I'd, I'd have a, I'd, I'd have a feed. Like some of the circuits were so fucking outrageous, but it was a mental. I mean, sometimes we went, we've got fucking 10, 12 heads. Fucking everyone, you're going to be laughing. I, I was about, I was the biggest pusher. Fuck, I'd push so hardcore, you know what I mean? I was never come on us, never in a, in a circle. I think when I was in, I was up at two and a half years, nearly three years, two years, eight months at Cessna. I never fucking lost a circuit. Never, sorry, one, 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 one big leg, one, because like, we were going through because you had the tallies, you know what I mean? And, you know, because whoever comes in, they've got to buy like a little cut tuna and have a food and stuff. So I was, I think we little Brendan got me in because he's got he's got this massive big this young bloke. He, he got me on, on a like a big this big leg circuit, but I was just always fucking pushing. I, I push everybody else. Then when I finish, I'll be right now. Let's fucking go. Come on. I was always that motivator. I always wanted people to join in with us. I was never the fucking hater. Like you get people they just hate our fucking spanner. There's no need for that. I don't have time for that bullshit, you know. But um so I get in the morning, I do the massive circuit, I'd have a feed, we'd have um, our lunch, so we'd have a muster, they go and they check in, they go and get your lunch, you come back out and you have a feed weight, and then I'd do a heavy weights session, like either, either on the dip bar, the chin up bars, we'd have fucking 20 litres of water bottles, you know, on the main big bottles, we have small ones with fives, ones tied together, so there's 10, there's 15, and we'd have these big drums with 20 and 25 litres of water, squats, bucket chin ups, pull ups, you know, like I'd come out, I think it was 98 kilos. I was fucking monstrous. Like people would come out. It, it was if I show I show this, I've got to send this photo. Like it coming out, I'm like, people were like, it was like my head had been screwed off, taken off, and then actually put on another body. <laughs> so people go, because I went in like this little skinny kid, they like and you know, and I come out, I was just jacked, proper jack, you know, like you just I read a lot of books about health and fitness and what to eat and your protein intake, your carb intake, your fucking this, your that, having eight eight almonds and fucking six cashews and all that shit because that's what you got to do. You've got nothing but time. So you've got to use that time wisely. Oh, you know? I love and then, that. Yeah. So, 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 and that's how, that's how I trained fucking literally, literally for 10 years. And then the boys – like this, this uh, big level of like rather lovely bloke, mate. So he was literally there. Yeah, like he, like I think he did fucking 18 years himself, you know. So he was there when I came in and then you, so I would, it's funny because you always bump these same heads all the way through jail because you kind of get similar times, you know what I mean? Because he was in there obviously before me and then like, I'm doing my 10 and, and stuff like that. And then we're at Park League. And I was doing my C3 and I'd come in back from work and I'd fucking train and stuff. And, and Ruby's upstairs, like he's there, Trump Lebo, you know, and he's a good, he's a good bloke, mate. Love me, absolutely love me. Always invited me to Ramadan after Ramadan, like, you know what I mean? I got invited. Out of the Kemba. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, like, I got feeds. invited to sort of fucking like the Asian New Year, the the uh, um the islander bloody cook-ups, mate. Like, because I, I, I got on with everybody. I was, I was never that hater. 
Like, you know, come on, boys, come on, fuck it. And some people are a little bit odd. I just stick to my own Nasho. And, you know, everyone would, like, talk, how are you not? But they kind of stuck with themselves, you know what I mean? Like, I was just fucking, had all my boys too, but I'd fucking, yeah, boys, I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And um, and when I was coming in, coming out, so I got out, I got pinched 38. I was getting out at 48. When I'm still smashing this circuit, and Ruby goes, I remember up there, I've come in, I'm just doing this 20 step ups. I do 20 step ups up on the chair, straight into 10 fucking burpees, but proper high jump and fucking hands in the air, burpee, boom, boom, you know what I mean? Like a push spring and that. And he goes, brother, he goes, ever since fucking day one, you've walked in this joint, mate, and you're just about to walk out. Because we got out at the same time. I literally got out like fucking five days after me or yeah, something. He, yeah. goes, he goes, your circuits are the fucking hardest circuits I've ever fucking seen. He goes, mate, it's insane. He goes, you've kept the same intensity from day one to 10 years later. He goes, I've been watching. Because we we were at Silverwater. Then I went to Goulburn. You know, I went to Parkley, so I was down in Goldman, I was at Long Bay. So I was, and then I was at Narrow with him for a couple of years, and then I was at fucking, like, yeah, for 18 months I was with him at Parkley. So I went, I've done five, six years with the bloke, you know what I mean? And that's that's how I maintained myself and my mentality. And I, and I was, I'm always that happy-go-lucky guy. Yeah, fuck, man, what, I said, man, what, 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 it is what it is. I mean, I, I, I put myself here, like, I... If you put drugs into fucking countries, mate, you, and you get caught in the other fucking jail. You mm. got to, these people don't read the, the criminal brochure down the yes. bottom in fine. You know what I'm saying? Down the bottom in fine print, you get fucking pinched, you're going to jail, you fucking imbecile. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Oh, fuck. Because they get pinched and they're going, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, hey, mate, what's up? I said, didn't you get the brochure? <laughs> I went, what do you mean, what brochure? I said, the criminal one. You get caught fucking doing anything illegal, you fucking imbecile, you're going to jail. <laughs> Oh, fuck, why don't I find that's a bit harsh? I go, well, fuck, it's true. It is, it is. And, mate, it's interesting to, to note that, yeah, you were, you know, welcomed by so many different nationalities and crews in there. And I can only imagine that's because what you're doing from day one, you know, you're fucking working yourself over, you're encouraging other people to, to work themselves over. Like, like I said, that's, that, that's real hardness, you know, that's real toughness because it's like you're imposing it on yourself. And uh, I, I think most people really admire that um because i don't know it's just i think it's a universal thing right like everyone can do that everyone can um get out in the yard and fucking absolutely rip themselves to bits of burpees and circuits um but most don't and because they're not tough enough they're not hard enough so when they see someone doing it and they they, they, they're fucking bitter on the world too you know Mm. i mean mean, you're the one that fucking fair enough you got given up like i did you know rusty sester gave me up like but the thing is is these guys i said but it is one of these what the fuck you know this shit fucking happens man you just you've got to fucking roll on with it man Mm. you know they even still today like i used to hold the pads for jms from one four like you know what i mean they they come down ages ago and we we had a train at the balcony where at at the unit down the beach and went for a swim and walked mate and like i didn't like i don't listen to that music right no you know so i'm still good 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 mates with jms you know he's their main guy from one four you know the singer you know i don't know if you've heard of them but yeah 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 i've actually seen him perform i think in in vico once was tripped out but yeah they're massive they're fucking they got people running and taking one photos it's fucking this and that i'm just kind of going the fuck? Like, I mean, just how big? Because I don't listen to me. Like, it's just how big. Yeah. So we go down, we have breakfast, right? So we go and have breakfast, and we have a fucking fruit. Mate, guys, can I get a photo? People, why don't you know these blokes? I'm going. 
Yeah, she's the boys I just fucking train with every day for fucking months. I'd hold the pads for them and and like you know they're ringing me up. I can't wait. Can we come down and train? Yeah, bro. So they come down. We fucking train them. We swim them. And then all of a sudden we go and we, we cruise. We go for a while. Oh fuck, let's go because they're big boys. You know the island boys. They're big. Let's fuck. I'm still hungry. So we take them out to. Um, I take them with my mate up. Uh, my mate uh, Harley. He's another rapper. And I go to um, Harley. Let's go. We'll take him out to the boat shed. So we take him out to the boat shed. We get big seafood platters. But uh, the joint was fucking packed. Mate, they're getting, mate, everyone's screaming out, yeah, one, four. Well, I'm just going. No like, I was so taken back. Wow. Like how big they'd blowing up. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, they even come down when I did a, was it last year I did a thing for uh, the Rise Foundation. I'd done a speech for the kids and stuff. I said, one, four, I want you to come down, you know. I didn't say nothing to the kids. But I told Benny Hicks, who, who runs the Rise Foundation, I said, mate, they're coming down. So about three of them came down, you know, with their manager and that, and the kids were just going, fuck, fuck, why are your kids, mate? Kids, mate, everywhere. They should have seen them, mate, because we did it in the surf club. It's about you know, staying on the right path, you know. Like, don't mm. divert like I did and end up going on for 10 years. I said, mate, there's no, there's no good outcome there, you know. So just teach them and stuff and keep their spirits up. If they have any issues, just call me and whatever. And then uh, um, then when one fall to that, mate, they, the phones are off the hook, mate. Just, you know, I look around, all the kids are ringing. The kids are running from the beach, running up. Just like, I'm, 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 I'm talking hundreds. It's just fucking people coming everywhere, you know? And I was just going, fuck, boys. Just, yeah. It's but crazy. Then, like, it, the funny thing is, too, you know, like when I was a Grom, or actually not when I was a Grom, kind of when I was in my late teens, early 20s, like, um, that was Maroubra, like the Bra Boys were that, right? So they were like the celebrity house crew, right? And when yeah. you grow up in the area, you also know that like, yeah, like, you know, Bra Boys, tough crew and that. But like, fuck, there's hoodlums from Housing Commission all around you. Like, yeah. and, and, it, and it's like every now and then one of them gets their time in the sun. So like, you know, back then it was the Bra Boys was like this huge fucking media event. You know, you guys were just getting peppered by cameras and st- this and that. And then um, now... It's like, funnily enough, it's like uh, Spanion and like the Woolo crew, you know, like oh, yes. they were fucking at Bondi every other fucking day. You know, Spanion used to rip cones in my house. Like, yeah. and then, you know, now you also got like, yeah, like you said, it's all about Mount Druitt now, one, four and like <laughs> this kind of gang. So now they're really famous and it's, it's such a weird thing that we have, like in our culture, in this media culture, like. On the one hand, we celebrate these stories, or we they, we know they sell papers, we we know they get ratings. Um, it's this weird kind of relationship we've got with like the underclass, where we like to punish them and celebrate them at the same time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, it's funny, isn't it? It's, it's fucking it's, weird, man. Yeah, I like you said, like the, like you like to punish them, but they like to. The- to, to glorify them too it's kind of you're like they're, yeah. fucking, they're sitting and they're they're, they're, they're they're rocking you know it's 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 funny but for me i love a fucking underdog story i me fucking too. love it mate you yeah. know what i mean i love that fucking battler getting up and and getting getting to the top you know what i mean he had all this controversy around and they just fucking rise like that but like those guys can't play anywhere in any anywhere in new south wales like one four you know what yeah I mean? so, they get harassed by the cops like proper like fucking proper, you know what I mean? So um, like, I, I love it. I love when I hear, I, when I speak to Jane, I go, man, it's, fuck, I'm so proud of you, brother. Because you know, I'm always that older guy. But the thing is, it's like the boys, the other day, they put me on the 50-20. I, 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 I didn't, you know, because I'm, I'm coming up 52 soon. And they go, fuck, 50-20. And I'm, I'm going, well, like, 
like, what do you mean? They go, mate, you're fucking 50, but carry on like a 20-year-old. <laughs> but why didn't understand? You know what I mean? And then one of the boys go, fuck, a 20-year-old? I'd say more like 13, 14. The guys go, because I'm such a, such a big kid, you know, everything's just, nothing's ever serious. I'm just always joking and, and carrying on. <laughs> yeah. Well, so they put me on the 50-20. Man, you got the fucking, uh, you know, you, you got the energy and, and you're in better nick than a lot of 20-year-olds uh, I see getting around these days with their fucking head in a phone and their, their, their mouth on a Slurpee. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, man, yeah, like, I guess um, how was I going with that? But uh, oh yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, you know, as much as people glorify like that lifestyle, that kind of classical um, like that kind of house gangster criminal, like a lot of kids look up to it, even when they're from rich families, man. And you you would have seen this a lot in the eastern suburbs, like. Um, I definitely did. Like you would see more down my end of the coast, you'd see a lot of rich kids like, you know, bunging it on, like pretending they were hoodlums and pouring that. And, you know, but meanwhile, daddy's fucking can cough up for the 20 grand barrister. So they're, they're not going to juvie, but <laughs> the other groms are. And like, 100%. Uh, yeah, like what people don't realize about the, the legitimate battlers is, is like how much fucking heavy family trauma, family violence, sexual yeah. abuse, uh, drug and alcohol abuse underpins that lifestyle. Like they see these guys in chains, um, you know, roided up, fucking rolling around with, with flash cars and that or whatever, um, living that lifestyle. And a lot of kids kind of can aspire to that. And, and like, um, but they don't understand like, man, like those people don't really have a choice to be like That's that cool. or not like that. They're from but fucked homes. They're from fuck setups. They, Grow up yeah. in a in a, a commission uh, housing project where they're just surrounded by older criminals who show them the ropes, and then it goes from there. You know, you go to you go to jail, and like you said, that's that's crime university, well, and they never step they, out the loop, and well, they end well, up they end up fucking more often than not necking themselves, or yes. um, you know, it's no way to live. Like you end up fucking addicted to drugs, you end up snitching. Um, you know, like there's there's all these outcomes that are just awful and they're the, the predominant outcomes. You, you see the Instagram selfie, but mate, you don't see that little kid when he was five years old crying because his fucking dad's not there or his mum's on the night or whatever. Like that, 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 that's, that's the thing. What they do is, is they see that little part in the middle there where the guy, they don't see the before and they don't see the after. So what they see is the guy's fucking kicking goals. They don't realize what he's done to kick those goals. And they don't realize what happens after you kick the goal. So what happens is you've got this little period in the middle, and this is what people say, oh, fuck the cars, the shareless, whatever, you know what I mean? But what may like you said, I was missing out on football games, dad's not there, mum's on the fucking nod, in there smoking eyes on the queue, whatever it may be, and that's made him fucking hard and staunch. But yeah, in the period of those years, mate, you know, that's when he's, he's most vulnerable. You want, you want that nurturing, you know, but he had nothing, so he's had to grow up quicker than he should have. Then he's made his way, he's here and here, and this is what people see. There's no fucking fairy tale ending in this game. There's no fairy tale ending whatsoever, mate. You know what I mean? You're right off into the sunset with your fucking beautiful wife with fucking twenty million dollars. That's not look. If if you can get to do that, fucking kudos to you. But mate, I don't know anybody. I and I, you see this period in the middle. Guys own the big houses like myself, driving nice cars, kids going to fancy schools, got everything I needed to go. But look what happens afterwards, mate. I'm gonna tell you now. I don't speak to. I speak to my dad. And, and two of my brothers. I don't speak to fucking none of my fucking family. Like, none. 
My kids don't talk to me. I don't speak to my mum. She fucking robbed me for everything I got, fucking a house, my anything she could fucking get. Yeah, my step stepdad, like he's just a piece of shit. Like, mate, this is what I'm saying. So people don't fucking see the aftermath, mate. So it's figuring, like, I've got a big family, mate. I speak to fucking three. My, my dad and my two brothers, uh, uh, Taylor and Timmy. That's it, mate. Now fucking hard. Everyone's just kind of going because of my parents robbed me. I said, fuck you, piece of the shit. And they thought, oh, fuck, I'm, we're on two sides. Oh, if we choose sides, we're going to choose like my mother's side. I said, mate, there's no sides because it's not between you and I. You know, I said, you've chosen to choose sides. I said, you, you know what I mean? Like, I never did nothing to my aunts, my uncles, no one. None of them. None of them. My cousins. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. I, 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 like, you know what I mean? The worst heartbreak one is the kids. And I said, but, you know, I, I, that's not, absolutely, absolutely nothing, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. And, you know, I haven't seen people live this lifestyle and seeing the before and after shots. Uh, some people I'm really close to, you know, seeing the before shots, just, you know, like the like family bullshit of a, a level that you can't fathom, you know, and, you, and you're looking at them just getting treated like shit when you're little kids, like, you know, locked outside their house, like in the middle of winter, you know, fucking freezing cold, like they're, they're just they've got no parent don't know their dad their mom doesn't want to raise them like they're just a fucking basically a street some urchin people should never have kids some people honestly should oh, just God, never have kids fucking full stop oh. they just don't have that capacity they, they, they can barely take care of themselves so why would you want to bring some well, little fucking precious little thing into the world if you can't even take care of yourself oh, you know what I'm so saying? common so, yeah it is. It's 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 a nightmare. You know what I mean. And you see those kids when they come in. You see them like the amount of times I did my when I was in there doing my ten. The amount of times I seen the fucking rollover. These people come in. They get out. They'll be good. Boom, straight in, mate. Months later, you see, mate, they got fucking scabs on their face. They're half the weight. They're back on the ice with the gear, whatever it may be. Like and that's it, mate. It's just that's their lifestyle, and that's how it's going to be because they've never really had any guidance. Mm. And they're in pain too. Like they, they don't even understand why they're in pain. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to medicate that pain. The pain's anxiety. It's from being triggered all the time. It's from living in a state where your central nervous system's flooded with cortisol. It's, it's, a, it's an addiction to conflict and drama, which I can relate to. And, um, you know, like you get, you, you become addicted to like what's killing you. Uh, and it starts as fucking drama and conflict and then it becomes drugs because you never feel right and uh, you have to get rid of that well, pain they don't know how to yeah but the thing is what it is is really what they're doing is they're numbing themselves and mm. this is what i say to the to the you know what I mean? they're, they're, they're numbing themselves stop it and um and so what that happens is when it, it comes time to deal with it what happens is You've built up so many layers and suppressed everything. So fucking it in there. When you come to do it, you're chipping away layers, man. It may fucking take you two, whatever. It already depends. You, you, you know, like, like when I got busted in that, like, that's stupid things, you know what I mean? Like, I fucking wrote letters and I apologize to everybody. The weight off my shoulders wasn't like I fucking didn't kill anybody or nothing like that, but I was just like, you know, just a just a knucklehead, you know, and then I did, and they said, oh, mate, we've forgiven you know, for years ago, mate. mate. You've you got to learn to forgive yourself, you know what I mean? And that's what happens. You've got to learn to forgive yourself too. Mate, that, that is such a good point because, um, you know, one thing I learned is like, you know, every fucking, every incident that you're involved in, like mate, every, every person who fucks up in their life, they're going to have to live with that. Like, like and they're going to like, you might forgive them, 
but then they're going to have to forgive themselves and they will actually have to cross that bridge, man. And cause deep down in the, in the, you know, in those wee small hours of the morning or whenever it is like that thing's going to come knocking on the door and be like, remember when you did this, that was fucked up. And like, so that person has to live with that. And, uh, Mate, it's it's not easy to live with that kind of stuff. Like it's it's it, it it's that the shame and the the guilt and like these things are fucking awful, mate. That's like God or the universes yeah. or karma, like whatever you want to call it. But yep. you, it must be answered to at some point. So you know, has to be. You you have to. Communication is key with anything, mate. So so like so, and I was never a big communicator, you know, and all this shit. And obviously, I bagged everything. Like, and then I just start fucking unloading, mate. I started fucking unloading. I said, oh, mate, you know what I mean? Sorry for terrorizing old mate down here, Mark, and telling him to leave an eight ball out or wherever it may be, a piece of shit, right? And just, like, just stupid things that were just unnecessary. But I'm so sorry. They go, mate, are you still? I said, yeah, mate, I'm still hooked on that. Because I, I, I traumatized you at that period. He goes, mate, goes, mate fuck, I forgot about that. That's five years I forgot about that. Like, why fuck? I said, mate, I need to talk about it and then get off my chest. Mm. And I just did this slowly by slowly. And in the end, mate, I unloaded all my fucking baggage and all my shit that I off. I just apologized to everyone. I said I'm so sorry. Mate, everyone was. I didn't realize everyone was already gotten and moved on, but I hadn't and built up mm. on me. And then like, the one last thing I did, I said, "Listen, I'm sorry for doing that, mate." This fucking overwhelming feeling come on, just everything just dropped. I was like, "Oh wow, like, oh wow, like, oh, mate, I feel unreal. Like, I, I, I owe nobody nothing. Like, I owe nobody nothing now. I apologize." I've done the best I think, best I could, you, you know, at, at, that, at that stage with, with the knowledge that, that I had at that time, I, I'm, I'm free. I don't do any head, head yards, mate. I, I'm, I'm free. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, man, talk to us about, you know, you talked about the transition in, but talk to us about the transition out of that, uh, out of prison. Like, I understand, uh, I think I might have even been there for your first uh, surf outside of jail. Was it up at Kira for Omar, Tropical Cyclone Omar? Is that oh, real? Yeah, so, so um, obviously, I, I like, my transition wasn't too too hectic because I'm a very adaptable person, but at the same time is they integrate you back into society when you're coming out of jail and you, you get your C3. So mm. I, I was out working and stuff. I remember the right. first day I worked out, it had been eight years, four months since I fucking wore, oh, Eight years, yeah, eight years, one month or something, right? So before I even walked outside in, in, in civilian clothes, you know? So and I was at Long Bay and I walked, yeah, and I just, mate, could, because of what I think made it very comfortable, very easy for me, right, honestly, is um, because I was in my area, so I knew it. I was come out from Long Bay, so it, wasn't, so it wasn't unfamiliar. When I got moved to Park Lee, and then they said, oh, you're going to work release here at this bloody uh, wrecking yard. You know, I walked down. I was like, oh, fuck, what do I do? What, what bus do I get? So, so when I first came out, like I, I was in the air. So I, I was pumping down the road, just going, oh, fuck, I'm, wow, look at this. And then uh, five minutes in to the walk, I stopped. I went, fuck, I'm out. What the fuck? Oh, oh fuck, I'm out of this bus. You know, just rolled on up to the bus stop. Yeah, mate, how are you, buddy? Fucking talking to the, the bus. And in the end, man, I'm getting the bus to work. I'm standing, I'm not even sitting. So I was only going to match a little work anyway, so it's like a five or six-minute trip down that road. I'm talking at the end of the bus road. He's a real big jacked-up guy who's a wrestler. Now, fuck, oh, mate, so me and him were just like, yeah, fuck. Because they see the thing, you know, because that, that you've got an ankle bracelet on too, so they can, you know, the, the screws can monitor where you're going and stuff because they give you a path to go. 
man, fuck it, yeah, man, I'm talking to people, how are you, man, what's happening today? Mate, I just, man, that's just how I am, mate. <laughs> so I'm just pumping around and just talking, just happy as Larry. And then, so, like, obviously, so I transitioned quite well. And when I got out, I, I mate, I didn't think, fuck, I love it. The one when I went to get some clothes, I, did, I needed some extra clothes. I went to East Garden, I put in the form, and then I was waiting for my mate James. And um, he's meant to come, he's 10 minutes late, mate. I started fucking sweating, I started getting because I was waiting for him, you know. So I started getting a little bit of anxiety. And then he turned up because you know, there's a thousand people around, you know what I mean? But it wasn't too bad, like, I didn't start going on. Bah! It was just heavy. I didn't. Well, I kind of just started sweating a bit in my head, going, "Fuck!" I hope he turns up. I hope something hasn't happened. And he rocked up, and then I just instantly was just going like, "Mom, let's go get our clothes." So we went and got our clothes because we need clothes for work. And went down and had fucking uh, um, uh, ribs and burgers, trying on burgers and ribs or whatever. There, it, 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 oh mate, I'm fucking telling you, mate. I went down so hardcore. We got the ribs and like the, the little mini burger. Then this is nowhere like I hadn't had none of the food like that. And then I went, mate, I'll fucking give us another burger. And the guy looked at me and went, mate, are you kidding me right now? He goes, I just want you to wrap the rib <laughs> like this little burger. And then I ordered this massive big fucking double cheeseburger, scoffed the whole thing. He went, wow, mate. He goes, wow. So and then we obviously we went back to jail after that. And so like so so I kind of integrated quite well. I had a good support network, you know what I mean? At this stage, I've got a new missus. You know what I mean? My dad, my brother's there, and my sister-in-law. You know what I mean? So, uh, so I had a really good. My, my kids were here at, the, at this at this stage, and so I always kind of just went, oh yeah, fucking whatever, and just rolling on out and went surfing, and I was working, and then um, I uh, <laughs> don't hit that cyclone, and that's when I had yeah. that little uh, altercation with my mate, telling me to fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I watched that go down. That was funny. I was, um, oh, so you were actually out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was surfing, and um, I was a fucking. That was a mental swell. Oh, I don't know if that was Omar actually. No, I don't think it was. Or maybe it was one of the ones after. I can't remember anyway. But uh, classic shit. Classic fucking curious shenanigans. But mate, I guess my 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 memories of that, and I was wondering too, like, um, you know, when you're locked up, like. How much is it killing you? Like the surfing must have been like that's like coming off fucking. It's like coming off a gnarly drug. Like you must have just been talk about doing the head yards. How were you? Th- how much were you thinking about surfing? And it, like, what's it like when you when you've spent your whole? You know, people might not realize too. Like you were a high end surfer. Like you you had many spreads in magazines, many covers of magazines. Um, some of which I had, and so. You're, you're then fucking your lifeblood. The thing that has tied your existence together for so long is taken away from you. That yeah, you said it. It must be one of the hardest parts of being locked up. But how how often were you thinking about surfing? <laughs> locked up. Oh, obviously you're thinking about it all the time. You know what I mean. So when they grabbed me, they grabbed me when I was 38 years old, right? So I kind of just put it down to like I did so much in my life. Compared to hearing stories inside, my life. people haven't even left their own friggin' suburb, like literally, you know what I mean? I'm just kind of like, uh, so I just, just thought myself, how grateful am I that I've been around the fucking world, I've done this, I've done that, you know? Obviously, the water, it's in my blood, you know, surfing, it's in my blood, you know? So obviously, I was thinking, just going, oh, fuck, I love to get a wave in and stuff like that. But really, I didn't harp on it. I, I didn't start going, fucking, because it was just like, it's like, like I would have loved the roof. 
<laughs> you know, it ain't happening. You, you know what I mean? You ain't getting the root. You ain't going fucking surfing unless you're rooting some screw S in there or something, which is like, yeah, fuck that. You know what I mean? So these things aren't happening. You know what I mean? I'd get the surf magazines and read it. So I've never, I was never really that guy. Like I'd bring up the boys, what's going on? Fucking, how is it? You know, oh, fuck, I'm real. How good is that? So I, because I, I've never really been that jealous type on that type of thing. You know what I mean? So I was going, oh, that's unreal. I said, get away from me, boys, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And then I had Derek Riley write me, don't worry, Wayno, the waves are still going to be there. Ours is going to be there. Moomba Beach will be there. These places are all going to be there for you. Nothing's changing. You know what I mean? So, I, I, like, obviously, you, know, you wanted to do it, but you couldn't. So I, I didn't really beat myself up about mm. it. And, I, and I, you know what I did was I did a lot of reminiscing. Fuck, yeah, remember that swell. Fuck, I've got some waves there. So you kind of sit there and you do that, and, and, and you, I'm fulfilled. Mm. You know, I, I was fulfilled and doing things like that, you know what I mean? So, um, what, yeah. what swells were, what swells were you reminiscing on? Like, talk us through some of the fucking just the crazy trips oh, or the crazy swells you got. Mate, a lot of it, a, a lot of it was like you know, up here. I remember there's a session at ours that we did, and then Lane Beachley surfed it. Like, the, the, mate, I swear to God, Lane, Lane Beachley came out. I think Lane got a couple of fucking cover shots too, right? There was a mm. that swell, mate, was so fucking perfect. It was, I don't think I've ever had it. Was, it was everything was perfect, like beyond perfect. I think I got like two Bill Bill Morris took I got two big massive fucking double page spreads. This may you see the tip of me nut, like it was so film. So that one was there, just go remember that. Because I was we were chipping in at the back and whipped, letting go so deep and just coming and going plonk on the others before before that step up and just fucking getting kegged the hop. There wasn't a, a drop of water out of place, mate. There was dead set like I think there was maybe four skis, three skis. I think there was like two people paddling compared to when I first got out and I went and I turned up to the, to the first well. They only fucking fell over. There was 15 skis, fucking 30 paddles. I was just going, oh, my God, this is a fucking zoo. Like, really? Was, so I'm that was the, the first time you went there, it was that busy? I, first time. Like, oh, I was fucking was, in. Wow. Like, like, what I, year was I, that? So I got out in 2019. I oh, got so, out in so, Sorry, so like w w the first swell you went there. Oh, so that's the first swell once you're out. This yes, the oh, yeah, first yeah, swell yeah. I went to. Yeah, when I was out, when I went to ours, I'm like, yeah, I was busy. Gobsmacked. I, I put up in the car and I was just going, Jesus Christ, I was going, mate, I fucking, mate, I just kind of double parked and what the fuck is this? People, photos, people everywhere, 30 heads in their skis. I see Dill Longbottom, why don't I pull straight off? He's just whipping me, bang, 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 you know, like, oh, he's a grouse. And so I was, I was, I was taken back, you, you know what I mean? And then, and then a lot of time, I was thinking, because I don't know, I don't like 19 seasons. In a why, you know what I mean? I got to 19. Wow, yeah, I did 19, mate, since a little kid. Well, I remember uh, I, was, I was with Kai Boy, like Kai Boy was like because he's a couple of years younger than me. Like, I was in Hawaii, that mate, like he was just a fucking little kid, you know. But that was that was staunch off the bat. You can see that, it's yeah, there. mate. Talk us through Kawhi in those days. So, like, oh, mate, what? they were proper, they were, they were proper staunch. But, but see, I, I, I went over and stayed with Hippie Dave, you know what I mean. And then, and then I bumped into my mate Randy, who I was in Puerto Escondido with. And um, Randy's brother is Harbour Bill, which is Josh Mol Mol Molkoy's dad. Oh yeah, yeah, I know Josh. Yeah, yeah Josh. Yeah, Josh is mate. He's a legend. So mate, so I just so I've gone from hippie days. I just started staying with fucking Randy and Popsy. 
you know, and, and Josh was there, but Josh went back to Santa Cruz, and then so I was just there. So I just got taken in the win, and they knew all the boys, they knew everyone, and I'd see Charver and that all the time, and you know, they 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 were, they were, they were staunch fuckers, mate. You know, they weren't they weren't over overly friendly and stuff like that at, at all. You know what I mean? And then obviously as time went on, and then like I, and so I'd go from Kauai, I'd go straight onto the North Shore, and then I'd go stay in the North Shore. I'd stay there till fucking April. Like end of March, April, just ride every swell that I could. Yeah. And then I'd come home, do what I do, and then I'd go back to Bali, you know. So I'd travel that, you know. Wow. And after the period, then in the end, man, I'm fucking mean. Clive Walks picking me up. We're going to the fucking Barbies. I'm with Kalar. We've got, you know, just Makua. We're just, we're just rolling. Like I was dead set. Like I'd paddle out the pipe. It was like, you know, with Braden and fucking Uncle D and she, you know, so we had Flesh. Like, so it was a proper all star. It was, it, that was like my home. Wow, so you're getting wave, mate. You're getting waves at pipe for off the boys. I can straight up, like, like the thing is, we all travel. Okay, mate, I won't get the fucking head. I, I was a bad joy out there. I was always, you know, like, don't get a fucking head of yourselves, mate. You can't travel. Everyone wants waves. I said, you just come to mine. We can do the same. And but it was, it was in a friendly band. Yeah, wait, stop joying up. So, so, but though, so it was for me, it was like me paddling out in Maribra with, with all those boys and that. You know? Obviously, they're, they're hungry and they want to get their photos and stuff. And I didn't give a fuck if I got a photo or not. But my I, I never had an issue. Never, never, never one issue. Wow. So from third dip with Jay Adams, you know wow. what I mean? I mean, Jay and I would go over the third dip all the time and just get a fucking flawless with Marvin Foster at the, at the time, you wow. know? Yeah, so that was so that that, that was the cruise that I had kind of linked up with. Some heavy names in there. Fuck. Oh, mate, massive, like proper, proper, like you know what I mean. And I was just a little blonde-headed kid, barely even shaving, just smoking joints and punching cones and jazz fucking, you know, just just. I, I was just, I, I was just being me. Plus, there was only me. Mm. Oh, so you won out this whole time. That oh, helps, yeah. I've eh? only won out, but I'm not with any of the boys or nothing. Like, True. Nah, mate. Like, True. I, it, oh, it, you're it, just a novelty, aren't you? Like, they just like love having you, like this one little random yeah. Aussie well, upstart. And, and the thing is, I, I, one person fits in anywhere. When you've got two or three, it's like, oh, you go, it's a bit hard, you know. So, oh, come and fucking stay with me. All of a sudden, I'm with Rico in the Oprah house because he was like the Oprah guy there. And so, I'm staying there in front of the house, right in front of off the wall. And shit, you know what I mean? McCoo, I'm up at McCoo, then I'm fucking kite balls come around, Kalar, we're all, you know, like hanging. One for two years, we're in the end log house, you know, with Nathan and stuff. And so, yeah, so I, I was very lucky. It was, I was always one out. I never fucking, I never crew, I never cruised with any crew. That's so classic, man. That's, <clears throat> mate, you're, you're, you're. Probably one of one people who's had that experience. Like, uh, you know, I know Kobe's tight with 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 the Hawaiians, but like at the same time, like you were before that and you were one out. So like yeah. not many people in history have yeah. been welcomed to the inner sanctum of uh <laughs> that core Hawaiian crew, especially Aussies. Fuck. But mate, I, I, I swear. I um like because I'd been over in in Kauai and a, a couple of times and then uh Kai Borg had moved over to the North Shore and I remember coming in one day like clear as a picture I like, come in from Rocky Point and Kai Borg's always he's, he's always intense like he's proper intense you know mm. what I mean and uh, I I remember um just coming on walk out there he's like hey hey like that and I looked at him hey like that because he's he's seen me with Popsy. At fucking rifle range and stuff, and I go, yeah, to the boys, give them a little nod. Never fucking really interact because they're proper hardcore. Because Popsy gave me the rundown, like Harbour Bill, which is Josh's dad, Josh Morkley's dad. You know, you know what I mean. So I was, you know, like, 
Like some days we surf rifle range by ourselves, like another fucking soul, like nobody. Like we're the first footprints on the, like it was just insane. And then like, these are the boys, rah, rah, and stuff. I went, yeah, yeah. But I'd already seen him kiteboard before I even uh, um, was whipped, staying with Pops and Randy, because at Hippie Day, because Hippie Day used to grow his weed and pig shit. So yeah, 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 fuck, give me fucking pig weed. Yeah. And so, and so I was kind of like, yeah, mate, I, I knew everybody. Yeah, mate, I'll get you, you know, oh, he's got some. And, and Kai Bob would come over and smoke a joint and shit, you know, and I'd be just there. So I was there, right, at Hippie Day. Then I'm, I'm all of a sudden, I'm with fucking Harbour Bill. And Pops, they call him Harbour Bill Pops, see. Um, so I'm with them, you know. So I just went, fuck are you? And then they're going, who the fuck is this place? He's with him. And he's with him. And then all of a sudden, I'm on the North Shore. I'm staying at my mate Johnny Theodore's house at sunset. And I rock in. He's going, hey, what the fuck is you're everywhere, mate? And we kind of just, hey, mate, fuck. He goes, oh, you were just over there. I went, yeah, yeah, fucking this and that, you know. And I never told nobody. Like, I didn't come home and start, God, I've got this joint at rifle range. I'm surfing poor hot. I, I can say these names now because it's, it's blowing up. You know, like, so I never. And then when I rock up again the next year, boom, there I am again. Just so like, just with the boys. I never, never fucking went with anybody. Not one person did I ever go with, ever. Man, and <clears> I guess that means as well, like, you would have seen, like, AI and, and BI, like Bruce and Andy, on the come up. Um, You would have seen them as Groms in Kauai. And I understand... I yeah, yeah, that was that was thing. And then later in the year, later in life, I met him, and then they were like, we fucking we would surf together, party together, we'd run a mark together, you know what I mean? So yeah, I knew I knew the boys, and I'd seen them from a young age, and they had seen my head too. So it was you know because I was always with those older guys. Yeah, so um, it kind of just, just evolved like that. Yeah, because Andy and Bruce ended up, you know, spending heaps of time in Maroubra, um, yeah. and, yep. and surfing the Cape and um, and elsewhere, and you know, obviously good mates with Kobe, and uh, it's crazy to think that, um, yeah, you would have just seen them as these as these spindly little Groms fucking going absolutely handbone. But um, you know, what what are your 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 memories of uh, AI and and BI? I guess. Oh, mate, I got fucking very fond memories of those boys, you know, just just through surfing and and, and being on land and uh, running the muck on land as as we used to do back in the day, you know what I mean? So uh, it's funny because like I had a, a the house in Europe I was talking about for a couple of years in a row, and um, but they'd always come over and we'd fucking party on like like rock stars after they got knocked out of the contest and stuff, you know, and then um. Like I was type, I was at, with the Brucey's wedding and stuff, you know, and stayed at Andy's down there because he bought a big house up down in Honlay and stuff. And um, so well, I got fucking such fond memories of those boys, you know what I mean? I spoke to Nate Flex the other day. And I asked how Brucey was. He said, "I last time I heard Brucey, Brucey was in in Florida." Good luck. And I said, "Last time I heard Brucey was in Fl- Florida at some big uh, festival, you know." And um. Uh, it, it was funny because when Brucey won his first WQS or the CT, sorry, the CT, it was in Bali. So when he first won that one, like what was happening was like he'd hang with us or for coming surf Uluwatu's at the contest, and then he'd come back down to Bali, party with us like proper rock star shit, right? Then he would leave at fucking five in the morning, right? Honestly, he'd leave at five in the morning. And then go back up to the Uluwatu, surf all fucking day, right? I'm going, Brucey, mate, listen, listen, this, this is how, mate, it's so funny. So it was me, Bruce, and Nate, right? So it was, it was, it was like three peas in the pod. But all the boys, we had the biggest fucking kite ball with our McCool head. But like, we had like 20 Hawaiian boys that fucking me, and there was like other boys there. Like, it was the biggest crew 
that we'd ever had got together overseas, like all of us were in another country, you know. I'm going, Brucey, listen, and mate, me and Nathan trying to talk to him. We're off our heads, fuck it, mate. I'm going, listen, mate, you could, this is, we can't do this, mate. You, you could win this kind of and that. And you know, he looked at me, he's fucking, he goes, wait, mate, if it ain't broke, don't fucking fix it. This is working for me right now. So I'm going to keep going. I said, mate, the guy, even on the finals, mate, he left us at five o'clock in the morning. He left us at five in the morning, went out, and I ring Kyborg. I'm going to fucking Kyborg. I said, what's going on, Borg, out there? He's going, Bruce, he's made it again. He's made another one. I said, mate, you better get out of here, mate. He's in the final. So we all, me and Nathan, we all jumped in the fucking car. We flew on out. And then we couldn't get in because they topped off the top of Hulu's. And then, oh, mate, you know. So I had to ring up the boys. I said, fucking Borg, what? Get the fuck someone sent it. So they quickly fuck on the bike. Boy, man, they boys, we said so we fucking gone in there and was like, yeah, we're all, mate, we've been bending for days by this stage. And mate, we're just rocking around, just, yeah, mate, just fucking. And then, you know, where is he? He's down there, he's preparing and that. And we're fucking, I'm screaming. And the clerk, he looks up, gives me the fist pump and shit. And he's in the finals with Fred Potasia. So, you know what I mean? And then everyone's up there by this stage. Brucey wins the corners. We run down. We couldn't carry him up because of the on the coral reef. So we had to tippy toe and then he got up on the cliffs and stuff. And then we fucking, you know, and we're fucking celebrating. We're all yelling and screaming and shit. And just, you know, just just the mindset of some people is stronger than others. Fuck, man. That is such a wild story. And I can only imagine. Just the, the energy of having his whole crew there and your whole, you know, which is the same crew and, and just like the, the froth and the power and the, oh. man, it would have been. You could uh, feel the energy. You could fucking feel. And then two days later, he rings me up, guys, use a fucking kid. And because when we got there, we just put it, we found out what room he was in and we just signed everything on to his room. <laughs> so we just fucking, oh, no, yeah, right. fucking give us 10 big chance. We want fucking double to kill that fuck with me and now we're running a month. He goes, your kid, cut. He goes, you've just fucking. Mate, it's a fucking two grand bill. I said, yeah, that's it. It's all right, oh, brother. I said, oh, mate, it was that fucking funny. That's unbelievable. It was just all a joy up, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, it's all funny money at that point when you've won a comp. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's that is a few million rupiah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck. That's iconic, man. Wow. And uh, and AI, man, best surfing you ever saw him do? You must have seen him. Oh, I, mate, you know, I watched it so many fucking times, mate. So many times of this one day in France at VV, uh, fucking VVF, they call it, or VV. It's on the other side of, of Capriton. VVF. Yeah, yeah. And on where zone, all these yeah. fucking water, very, they call it very, the bunkers. very fast. Yeah, I've surfed there and it gets those crazy TPs, yeah. eh? Like it. Mate, fucking unbelievable. Mate, that day, mate, I'm telling you now, mate, it, it was like, but up further, if you look in there, so up here, it was running. It was like running down. And I, and I, and I, I just, the guy, I didn't even have a leg rope on, mate. Didn't even have a leg rope. Never fucking fell off once, mate. Made every fucking wave. It was sickening. I was just going like, what the fuck is this? It's just, you know, like, you know, you surf okay. But their level, like even now, like watching the contest, that, that level is just so high. Like it's so high. It's just it's unfathomable, you know, that, that, you, that you could ever ever be there, you know. I was just watching him, mate, this one day, mate. No, no one come near him. 
Nobody. No, not only that, I, I spent days like in, in, in Hawaii with him in, in, in Kauai and shit, you know what I mean? Like ripping, just next level shit. Same with Brucey, fucking free fall, that small little board at pipe and back door, just, you know, just drop in. Oh, yeah, I like the small board. I can fit closer to the wave. I, I can get underneath and everyone's riding fucking six tens and thin, like trying to get in, you know, like these guys were just, they were just a special breed. Fuck. They revolutionise surfing in, in so many different ways. It's uh, even that, just like small boards at fucking eight foot slabs. Like, uh, you know, that, that's basically what everyone's doing now. But, um, you know, they were the first to kind of, oh, well, yeah, pretty pretty well the first to really get that dialed. Yeah. And, and man, just uh, we touched on it, but yeah, your own story. So you come out of jail and then you, you're surfing like a fucking man possessed. Like you were on every swell it seemed in in within the borders that you can travel which is you know just new yeah. south wales yeah. but yeah talk us through the the swell bender on, on the back side of the the stand well because i because i kept my, kept myself so fit in there and i always watched what i ate and stuff like that you know what i mean so i just went over to a new level in, in that way and i knew that I'd, be, I'd be fine when i first came what was out was my timing like when I was surfing, my, my timing was, was a little bit out and stuff. And like, you know what I mean? But, but I swear to God, and my mate said it because my other mate did eight years. He goes, I, guess, I promise you, four or five years. He goes, you're, you're fucking back. You're proper back because you've kept as you've maintained yourself. You know what I mean? And that, I swear to God, it was four or five surfs. Mate, I was, I, I, I was back. And what, what I felt that I brought more and what was better was my consistency. You know, like sometimes, you know, like back in the day, you surf good for a couple of days, but then you're on the drink full of shit, taking Zennies to go to sleep, you like smoke a fucking hundred cars. Like, so so it was a more of a roller coaster. Mm. And, and now there's no roller coaster. So, so this month now, so it's 17th. So I'll have a look at this. 17th to the 21st, it's been 14 years clean. Wow. 14 years. This month. This month. So. Wow. So, so, so now my life is just consistent, mate. It's like mm. a, it's fucking like you know what I mean. There's not as many roller coasters. Don't get me wrong. Mm. I get fucking flat days too, like everybody. You know mm -hmm. what I mean. But ninety nine point nine percent of the time, I'm fucking on high energy. So, and then so when I came out, like I just fucking chased like a fucking <laughs> like I was possessed, you know. And I just and, and still now, but now I'm a little. I have to chew. I can't piss off. As, as much as I want, you know, because I've got, I've got a few workers and that work for me now and stuff, and you know, so but I can still allocate all the jobs when I'm away and things like that. But if there's a good swell and it's on, I'm fucking on it. Epic, man. Yeah. So you're at Kira, and then I seen you at, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, let's just say it's a, a slabbing right nearish to where Dill Longbottom lives. Yes. Uh, and I'm mean, pretty blown out these days. Uh, and oh, that place is, that's my favorite wave. That's by far my favorite. That's so blown up now. Like it's, it's blown out there. Yeah. But like that wave is, mate, next. We just surfed it the other day. It's next level. It's next, next level. It's, prop, it's proper world class. Oh, it's world class. It's amazing that, uh, you know, the crew down there managed to keep it off, the, off the radar for as long as they did because it, it is as good as any wave in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I always say, World class. It's proper fucking world class. Oh, man. And uh, so, yeah, you, you're down there. You're at Depot, which is the fucking, like, one of the evilest waves on the planet yeah. I'm calling. That That's proper so hurtful, heavy. that one. Oh. That's, that's hurtful. <laughs> Mate, how did you find going out there after, uh, you know, eight years high and dry? Oh, no. Well, by this stage, it's been over 10 years. You know what I mean? Since yeah, I, over 10 I years. I served the surf, right. you know what I mean? So, um, but, mate, like I have. 
I, I was okay because I just kept that fitness level up. You know what I mean? I wasn't fucking bloated. I wasn't eating shit. So I was, I was surf fit. I felt good. I felt fucking good. Like, you, you know, like I was, yeah, I, I was absolutely fine. Yeah, and um, where else did I see you popping up? Uh, oh, I mean, the in, in the Cape, I guess, yeah, like uh, ours, whatever. Um, I mean, still so close to your home, like, must still be so close to your heart, even though oh. it's busy and that. Like, you must still love it down there. Oh, man, absolutely. Look at that. that that's that's a treacherous way, but I'm going to tell you now, in all my fucking life, I've never made it out of that joint unscathed, never. Never fucking broke from broken boards to get washed across the rocks to get fucking ragged on the boat. I never make it out of that place unscathed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it oh. just what it tortures me. It's a fuck. It's a feast or famine, mate. You know what I mean? It loves me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then it just terrorizes me. Man, I I can remember the first I ever saw that wave was in a tracks film. I believe it was uh. Formula One or Formula Three or something, and uh, this was the most. It's still in my mind the most <clears throat> iconic surf section I've ever seen, and it is. Uh, it's you and the boys at ours, and I think the first wave is either you or Evan getting yeah backwashed, catapulted. In, yeah, it's mine. It's you. That's right. I was fucking mate. Did you made that thing? Do you know that that was my first wave ever? There was we, it. We, yeah, we we only did, we only just discovered we, all the boobies borders have been. So that was my first fucking wave there. I took off and I seen the backwash coming. I go, what do I fucking do here? I went, oh, I better get out of here. So as I try to go and jump off the back, it's hit. It's catapulted me full on flip. My I got so punished, so punished. This is this is so 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 that's the start of my career at ours. Man, that's crazy. That, the day that ended, the, the, the day that ended, this is dead. The day that ended, I, was, I watched one of the boys take off from this little tiny thing, right? It just grew to six foot, right? I get pumped the wave before. My leg rope gets wrapped around my legs, right? So I've got them completely to fucking together, right? I'm fucking together. Like, I can't move. I'm trying to go under. Mate, then the next wave hits me. I'm just, mate, you know, I'm, so I'm trying to do the, with the two hands because my legs are together. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get in there, right? Then another set comes watching me. By this stage, I'm up over the fucking rocks, just getting wrapped. So I started like that, and that's how I finished the first day ever at ours. That's so amazing. That's, and, that, and that's and that's how it is for me now. You know, I'm I'm, I'm always getting I'm always getting punished. <laughs> Man, it's the it's for sure the like. There's no more powerful <laughs> opening to a surf section in in any film I've seen. I've seen a few, and uh. Like just the music, and there's just a bunch of hoodlums in hooded jumpers, and then you're doing a triple backflip, like balled up, like Sonic the Hedgehog, and you're just going, <laughs> "What the fuck is this?" Like n- nothing had been seen, like even remotely like that at that point. It, it hit so hard, and uh, oh man, that was, and that was also like right in the the guts of of when it was all going down at Maruba. You know, like you, you, it's just all around the the Heinzy kind of period and. Johnny's case mm-hmm. and like the Cronulla Cronulla so all that shit all kind of seemed to happen within the space of five years and yeah. man it was a, a wild time and uh yeah I, I just mate being it I was just a grommet and, and watching it all go down I was just like wow these guys are next level like look at the waves they're surfing and yeah it, it put a massive rocket up everyone in the whole area um yeah so 
iconic. The, the, yeah, the, the, the boys, they, I was saying it the other day, it's like, you know, we don't really produce many pro surfers at Maruba, but we produce a lot of fucking hardcore charges. Max McGuigan, mate, he is yep. high end, yep. very good. Like, and for me, that's the, it's kind of the, the pinnacle of surfing, in my opinion. Maybe it is just because of where I grew up, but I really, more than anything, admire people who wrangle fucked up thick tubes. Like, that's yes. predominantly all I really want to watch when I see people surfing, and they're predominantly the waves I surf, but you know, not to the degree that, that you guys do. So, just to make that clear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mate, you know what I mean? Like, and that's why Muru produces, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like a lot of the a lot of the boys that have uh, no no care or carefree attitude, but fuck it, let's go. You know what I mean? So you got one and it still it still gets passed down generation to generation, you know. So it's good to see the boys still doing that shit. It is, mate. Well, I'm going to let you go because uh, you've given me heaps of your time and energy and I'm very appreciative of that, man. Uh, unless Thank there's you. anything uh, you, you want to, you know, mention on, on the way out, I know that you've got a, a, a legitimate and, and solid business now. And uh, I mean, you, you're doing really well. Like, um, yeah, if there's any parting messages or, or whatever, go for it. Well, just, well, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, you can live a normal life and still get ahead. You know, you just have to want it a little bit more. You, you know what I mean? See, back in the day, I felt like we were saying about, you know, we were kind of like just the commoners and stuff like that. But these days, the average plumbers, your builders, like your, 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 your scaffolders, like, like we, we, you can get ahead now. There's actually room to get a, to get ahead. You can still be the commoner if you want it, but if you want to excel a little bit, like just so, like I mean, just just being normal, not not getting into crime, like you can still. I don't know plenty of people. That are, mm. that are getting ahead in life and, and, do, and doing great for themselves. So, you know, stay straight and narrow. Well said, man. Well said. Roofing. Roofing seems to be the uh, the go-to for a lot of surfers. When it rains, you don't work. How good Yes. <laughs> that's what my mate does there at Wardell. That's what he does. Yes, there you go. Yeah, that's what he does. He does uh, his roofing too. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. perfect. Classic. Classic. Mate, thanks so much for having me. I really, uh, really appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, mate. Thanks you so way, much. Mate. Good on you, man. I appreciate your time and uh, what a wild, wild, a wild time it's been. That has, mate. That's why I said someone said a little while ago, mate, if you if you had to drop dead now, mate, you've lived 10 lives ago, mate. Yeah, so yeah, it's pretty much true. I reckon you'd have a sleep deficit around about uh, someone who's lived 10 lives too. <laughs> you've, you've, been, you've been awake for as long as someone who's lived 10 lives, surely. <laughs> yeah, I know. Back in the day I was, mate. You know, sleeping was cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, good oh. to see you happy and healthy. And uh, yeah, we'll hopefully bump into you on uh, one of the slabs down that way. 100%, mate. More than welcome. You come down here anytime, buddy. On your way, no. Thanks, Jetty. Bye, buddy. See you, mate. Bye. Bye, mate. Bye.